Now he got it. He got it. That's it. Shingo Takagi is the new IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Never Open Podcast, the podcast open to everyone, even people who aren't listening to it in the morning. My name is Luke, I am your host, and with me, as always, is Mr. Andy. Say hello, Mr. Andy. Hello, Mr. Andy. Hello, Luke. And hello to our new champion. The guy that, you know, we've both been behind for quite some time. You know, I'm pretty excited to talk about the everything today because we had tons to talk about. This is going to be a long episode and a bunch of shows to cover, a bunch of awesome matches. We got some notes. But, I mean, you know, to me, the big thing of the week is that Shingo Takagi, as you heard in the intro, is now the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion of the World. So I'm pretty happy about that. I, I know you are too. And um, it's interesting yep. in that audio clip, you can hear that the uh, the folks in Japan, they were not following the uh, don't speak out loud rule because that gasp when, when Okada gets hit with the fucking made in Japan or whatever is Awesome. On the outside, yeah. Awesome. No, on the inside when he wins, whatever the oh, uh, last the dragon, dragon, whatever yeah. it is, I can't tell the difference. Yeah. But yes, those those two. Well, made made in Japan, the 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 are like kind of in front of him and he does it, but but last of the dragon are on anyway. Just so you know, everyone, we are a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast, <laughs> <laughs> and we talk about New New Japan Pro Wrestling. We also swear a lot, so be aware of that. We don't think we've sworn that much yet. Fuck. Right, there it is. We've started. And uh, we're going to check out some Dominion shows. Yeah, In fact, the uh, the road to the Wrestle Grand Slam, uh, rather than go straight to Wrestle Grand Slam, we took a turn off to go straight into the road to Dominion. <laughs> and we've got two road to Dominion shows. And then we've got Dominion itself. It's going to be some, there's some strange shit to talk about. But I'm... Um, at the end of the day, I think I'm, I'm, I'm more positive than negative. They've had a sh- bit of a shit run in terms of what, like COVID and injuries and shit like that. And uh, it's been a bit of damage control for New Japan in terms of like shows and matches and stuff, hasn't it? Yeah, I, I'm going to call this mini Dominion because this is, <laughs> I mean, this is not, you know, usually Dominion, if you're, if you're new to New Japan, usually Dominion's kind of their, their SummerSlam. You know, that's like their big show yeah. in the summer that's like halfway through the year. And it's like, you know, it, it's kind of an important show for storylines that are halfway over. You know what I mean? And so... It, it, usually there's title changes and all kinds of shit that happens, and we did get some of that. Um, but I would say that uh, Mini Dominion was not a disappointment this year. However, it was, it, it's you know we'll, we'll we'll get into it in detail. I'm sure. I wasn't disappointed by it, but I wouldn't say it's the best Dominion I've ever seen. No, it, it, that no, is it that is not. too. No, that's no. <laughs> no, just how. The- and there's also that other piece of news that you just glossed over, Mr. Andy, that we have a record-breaking champion in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I don't know there's technically three record-breaking champions in New Japan Pro Wrestling right now, but 
this guy did it in one. It's his first title, and he's broken the record. Man, you just can't ask for a run more golden and magical than that, can you, Mr. Andy? Well, and uh, congratulations to Mr. Yoshihashi. Little Yoshihashi with a Spoilers. little brain and a little nut, little dick. Yeah. He has he has all of those things, and yet he is still a record-breaking champion. <laughs> yeah, I don't care about fucking Yoshihashi. I can't wait to talk about that match, though, and, and tell you how I didn't like it. <laughs> That's going to be awesome. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like I mean, you know, there's... didn't win a title. I mean, who gives a fuck about Yoshihashi? I mean, clearly you do, and I get it, you know, um... We all have penis envy, and uh, sometimes that leads to fandom, and that's just how it works. So, you know. Well, did you see all oh, this is interesting? I don't know if you saw this, but so all the dads, uh, the three dads of Three Dads Gym, speaking of those big swinging dicks, they are kind of like spread out all over the countries now. And so, like, the only person around is is Yuji Nagata, I guess. So he's doing the, the Three Dads Gym shit all by himself and collecting all of the benefits all by himself, if you know what I'm saying. That's right, he is. <laughs> yeah. I, I sent you a message the other day, just this is really dumb theory. I probably wasn't sober. No, I definitely wasn't. But I sent you this theory saying, like, uh, it wasn't just Kojima that was there recently. He was the other... Well, they sent Nagata over yes. to America recently. Uh-huh. Now they've sent uh, Kojima to America. I'm like, is, are they uh, sneakily getting all their New Japan pro wrestlers vaccinated in the United States? Because be. uh, the Japanese rollout uh, has been even worse than Australia's rollout, which is, yeah. It's it, weird, yeah. yeah, because, I mean, you know, I, this is not something that you know America's known for is being good at healthcare. I mean, that's it's the opposite. And so, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, if I walk into, I mean, we have several grocery stores, WalMarts, whatever, all over the place around here. If I walk into any of them, I can walk right in and get a, you know, get a vaccine right now. And so, uh, it's shocking and it's free, and that's all that's shocking to me. So I, I don't know what the rest of the world's doing, but come on if 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 the united states has their shit together with this it's making everybody else look really bad it, right it, it sounds like it's about as easy to get a vaccine over there than it is uh, a gun yeah yeah pretty much you can actually um while you're waiting for the vaccine you could buy the gun at walmart and a bunch of ammunition like all the ammunition you could ever want you could back your truck up to the back of the store and they'll just pile ammunition into your car because i mean that's you know, guns are important, but ammunition's the real. You know, that's well, that's that'll be handy because so uh, you you get the gun, you go to the uh, to get the vaccine, and you just go. Uh, is that Pfizer or is that some Johnson and Johnson bullshit? <laughs> like, get out of here! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know why we're stalling, but uh, we haven't spoken for. Wow, we've both been pretty busy, so I guess we're getting it all out of start. It's true, it's true. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a wild yeah. week, and, you know, hopefully things are calming down now, but uh, was it a wild week in New Japan, though? Do we have some news or anything going on? All right, I've got one major piece of news, because it, it's, like, the only piece of news I really care about, and I just want to fucking, like, talk to you about it, like, in depth and shit. Okay, please. Uh, because it is so fucking amazing. Look, yes... We've already let the cat out of the bag. Like, we're doing the, Everyone knows now, like, the champion, the, the new champion. I might actually start liking that belt because i got a champion. Like, 
maybe. Uh, but uh, all that, you know, record-breaking title runs, all this kind of shit. But after the announcement of... Uh, after, sorry, after, after, after Dominion, the next day... <laughs> Stalling because I really want to find the exact lineup, Mr. Andy. Because oh, the uh, the the young lion stuff, right? Fuck the motherfucking hell, yes. Uh, I don't. I'm just super excited for this. This is like a, another step in their kind of journey. They're not just uh, wrestling uh, older guys or lower card tier wrestlers. They're wrestling top guys and i have found the the tweet very professional to uh find it while i'm recording and talk not have it ready before we start recording hey, we, so would, I can we never would have known if you didn't tell us you know that's right <laughs> <laughs> so we have singles gauntlets for both yoda suji and yuya or for kazuna road kazuna road will be the next tour and so we've got for yoda suji he will be wrestling tanahashi Taichi, Okada, Zack Sabre Jr., and the Great Okan, in that order. Fuck yeah. And Mr. Yuya Uramura. Oh, my God. Uh, this is the one I'm most excited for because we've seen the beef, but we're getting uh, Yuya versus Suzuki. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm looking forward to it, but, man, Yuya's going to be too dead to beat uh, to even wrestle the next few guys, which is Zack Sabre Jr., Hiroshi Tadahashi, Taichi, and Kota Ibushi. Yeah. So, freaking hell, that was awesome. I, 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 I tweeted it out, then I jumped onto Never Open Pod and I retweeted it, then I put your name under it, so I'm like, you gotta see this! <laughs> so, okay, here's a couple, <laughs> couple things. I, I noticed, I could be wrong, but aren't these front-loaded, meaning that the, the like, dream matches are the first match? Because it's like, isn't Suji facing uh, Tanahashi first? Is that right? Mm. That's it, and uh, Suji is Tanahashi's kind of, like, cheer dude. Right. Well, that's good. Because if they, I would be so mad if they if they backloaded these where like the dream match you know Suzuki versus Yumura or whatever is like the last match and then we get some cancellations and we don't ever have it so I think they're smart to put everything first so we can get you know these dream matches out of the way and then if there's cancellations that happen with COVID and stuff it won't it won't kill the that storyline because they I mean they. Ha- this is all it's gonna happen again you know it's absolutely gonna happen again that there's gonna be some cancellations or someone else is gonna get covid and there's gonna be problems of course it and i hate to say that but it will so i just i i'm glad that they you know they were smart about booking this stuff up front so then that way hey we'll get the the good stuff out of the way and obviously the rest of it's gonna be very good too but the storyline stuff is in those first two matches so yep and well that's the same here man like We've just got our lockdown here, and we've come out of it again, though there are some restrictions. People can't leave Melbourne to go to regional Victoria, which is where I am, and vice versa. So that kind of sucks. But, um, yeah, it's like, don't make any sense and shit. Also, because we don't have a very good vaccine rollout, uh, yeah, we're going to be locked down again, probably. Because, maybe you uh, should it's buy COVID. some guns. Buy a couple guns. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, man. <laughs> man, it's uh, it's easier to get the vaccine here than it is a is a gun. So uh, it's very hard <laughs> to get good. guns. That's good. That's good. Not not that I want uh, guns. Uh, Australian police like to chill. 
I know there's a lot of them that listen to this show. <laughs> <laughs> the the average American, by the way, like just like Joe Schmo that I, I, I run into on, you know, on every day is like has many guns and wants to talk about guns and uh, is ready to shoot somebody like they like a lot of those guys. They have the guns because they want to shoot somebody, you know, and they're like and their argument for having them. I don't want to get in a gun control conversation, but their argument for having them is always so funny because it's like, what if you came home and your your wife and your daughter were being attacked by some guy and you get and it's like, has that ever happened? Like, did that, has that ever happened in the history of the world? Does it happen? What happened? Ever? Did, like, did, did, did this motherfucker watch, like, Death Wish with Charlie yes, Bronson and thought, yes. holy shit, that could happen to my family? He wants to kill Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice pull he was in that. Oh, my God. Very young Jeff Goldblum. Hey, man. Playing some kind of evil gangster dude. dude like, that was back in the day in the 80s movies, punks. That's a punk, you know, and, and you know, and whenever you had a punk in the '80s movie, they go when they laugh, and uh, they're all crazy. But that movie, that first movie, Death Wish, fucking amazing movie. It's got, it's a really great like take on you know right versus left as far as what happens in our country and thoughts on gun control and violence and stuff and crime. It's really good, and it makes some great points that I don't agree with, but I like it. And then it gets, it turns into fucking Rambo 3 after that. It's like he runs out it of. It turns into like, into like Charlie Bronson can't have any friends because they're just going to get gangster killed. <laughs> yes. By the way, there's a remake of Death Wish starring yeah. Bruce Willis. Yeah. Maybe I should put that on my immediate Dude. list. I'd rather, I mean, I'd rather hear you review the actual movies. But, but yeah, by like Death Wish 4, he is walking into a group of quote-unquote drunk dealers with a fucking rocket launcher and just blowing them all away, even though they've done nothing wrong. <laughs> it's amazing. Isn't there one where he's got like a remote control car with yes. explosives on it? Yes. And those movies get fucking insane. And you're just like, well, I'll, if I met him, I would be like, I'm going to Google this guy, see what he's about. Oh, everyone he knows and loves dies. Uh, I'm good, Charlie Bronson. Yeah, by like by the third or fourth movie, it's like his second cousin's like sister is getting attacked. You know? <laughs> he runs out of family members and friends. So, and by the way, his name's Paul Kersey, and he's an architect. And something oh, funny right. about Bro Charles Bronson movies is that all of his lines are 80 yard. So they all have that weird sound to them, you know, where it's like, it's like, hey, how you doing? You know, like, it, I don't know, like, it, it, it's clearly not the person on the screen hey, talking. It's someone in a booth recording it. And like, all of his movies are like that. And it cracks me up. So I know Once Upon a Time in the West is like that, but. That's what that's just Sergio Leone's movies because, like, you get people talking in like Italian, in Spanish, right, uh, yeah. English, and all that, then they dub it anyway. And that's my news the singles gauntlet <laughs> that uh is going to happen between uh, the young lions. This is a pretty good step, pretty big step for both young lions, they're not just wrestling uh, top guys in tags or mid card or older gents or the dads or whatever they're wrestling new japan's top stars That's good so uh we'll really get a good feeling as to you know how far both men have come when we see them wrestle you know pretty much the best of the best in new japan which is fucking sweet in my opinion other than that there are ways people can contact us man i knew i'd get there uh, those ways are between we have 
three Tweety accounts. There's the group one, never uh, at Never Open Pod. One of us will probably be live tweeting shows, you know, when they're on. Otherwise, you can catch us at our own accounts. I'm at Grumpy2EB, and Mr. Guy is at Drusifer Tweets. And you can also send voice emails and word emails to never open, uh, the, uh, at blah, 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 dot com, neveropenpod at gmail.com. So there <laughs> hey, it is. Ian knows our email address. That's all that matters. We have. We actually have two New Japan Strong reviews this week to get caught up, so we're going to play both of those. Um, we'll get to them here, but I have a another news note. Um, it's strange, and that is that, okay, so you remember, like, Leo Rush, like, debuted at AEW, and then, like, that same day we found out he signed with New Japan, and we're like, what? And, uh, yeah. but, and now he's injured, and he's also announced that he's retired, but... He's going to come back and do his dates for New Japan that he's promised when he's not injured. So, so this guy, I'm pretty sure he's retired before. So, I, you know, I, I like him. I think he's a very good wrestler. Um, I don't know anything about him as a personal, you know, in his personal life or whatever. But I think he's kind of weird and he does these kinds of things. So we'll see if this lasts. I mean, if this is to take care of some family shit that he needs to do, great. You know, do whatever you need to do. I don't care. You know, it's not oh, my yeah. business. But um, I have a feeling this won't stick. I think that he'll be back. That's just my opinion. Um, but uh, we'll see what happens. I don't know. He It is just a strange announcement. And it's just kind of the timing's weird. And I don't know. Yeah. Well, he's only 26, so if he's injured, there's a pretty good likelihood that he'll recover pretty well. Right. Yeah, he'll be fine. And he's still young, man. Like, he's got, like, a lot, a lot of career left, so it'd be a shame if he stopped wrestling, whether I think uh, he's weird or not. Yeah. Now, Luke, um, we're we're going to stall a little more because I wanted to talk to you about something. Um, I right. watched some AEW this week, all right? So, um you told me that I need to watch Serena D versus Riho, so I went and watched that. Um, that was nice. from the the buy-in, and that was a fantastic match. <coughs> um, it's, you know, I want to talk about the women in that company real quick. Um, so, because that's mainly what I watched. So I watched that. Um, you know, people know if you don't know, the Queen Aminata is from my area, and she's fantastic. I'm in love with her. I want to marry her and have all of her kids. I'll carry them. It's fine. She can wrestle. And, uh, you know, and uh, she's just an amazing wrestler. And she's been showing up on AE, uh, AEW Dark Evelation Saturday night, uh, you know, kickoff uh, Thunder. So um, I watched that uh, this week. And uh, it was mostly really bad. Um, it was mostly bad squash matches. However, there were some gems. Um, Queen Aminata was fine. I don't know why they're they're making her into like a jokey joke character because they like like look at her butt and her butt does the thing that I don't know. It's like weird stuff. But um, that's strange. But she did fine. I thought that was fine. But the the match that kind of blew my mind. Now I I think I'm wrong in the fact that I I don't remember who it was against and I I thought it was just a jobber, but I don't think it is. So um, it was the uh, Sheeta match. All right. Um, Sheeta had a match on, like, it was the main event of Dark Elevation Saturday night uh, kickoff uh, uh, Thunder, and it was fantastic. And, and okay, so we've bonded over this before, but I don't know if we ever said it out loud before. We talk about how we like Ric Flair, and I'm assuming you like Arn Anderson, too, and guys like that. Yeah. And, and, like, 
something that they do that not every wrestler can do. And this is to me like kind of like the mark of the best wrestlers is that they can take a match where they're clearly winning and make you believe the other person is like this fucking amazing wrestler that's going to maybe beat them. And that's what Sheeta did with this this other woman and it was fucking awesome. It was a fantastic performance. Um her look Diamante. Diamante. There you go. Whoever that is. So um she's like LAX or something, right? Oh, dude, she used to tag team with, um, oh, she went off the deep end in Lucha, but recently on AW with, like, Thunder Rosa and just, like, wouldn't sell for her and shit. What was her name? Oh, she was uh, in that Evelise. trio. Yeah, yeah. She used to tag with, like, Evelise and stuff, so poor Diamante kind of, like, you know, left holding the bag and shit, I guess, because, uh, she still works there and, uh. And, uh, yeah, Ivelisse, who, for some reason, never wants to job, uh, <laughs> you know, got, got fired and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, so these this little kind of, like, litmus test I got of female wrestlers in AEW. Oh, by the way, there was a New Japan connection. I saw uh, Danny Limelight versus uh, Evil Uno, which was fucking great match. Really great stuff. Um, Evil Uno, if you don't know this, is fantastic at wrestling, and his his like roots yeah, go back is. to PWG. He was you know Super Smash Brothers and all that stuff, and that's why he has a job. That's got to be so cool for him to be like, I never thought I'd make it in wrestling, and then his friends make a company and hire him. That's so cool. But anyway, the females in in AEW. I, yeah. I, I, my question to you is, is that after I saw this, I'm like, I'm like, Serena Deeb is a fucking star, all right? She's awesome. Uh, Sheena mm -hmm. is a fucking star. These these supporting women are great. And, and then you told me that their their um, women's division is not like presented well. Is that correct, dude? No offense to the ladies involved, but. Last Dynamite, it was a women's match between Red Velvet and The Bunny. Now, I've got nothing against either women. Red Velvet's coming along pretty well. She's still a bit green. The Bunny's fine, I guess. But, like, that would would have been a match I put on Dark, uh, as you call it, uh, Evelation. Uh, Evelation <laughs> Thunder Saturday Night. Or, or AEW Dark. No offense to those two. Like, that's fine. I... I Though, if I was booking, I would have put maybe, I don't know, uh, Deeb, uh, Sheeta, uh, Riho, uh, Chris Statlander, like, uh, Abaddon, like, they're, and they're, uh, Abaddon is more, uh, maybe more of a gimmick than, than, like, some kind of amazingly schooled wrestler, but that's a character I'd put on TV every week. She's got, like, this interesting look and stuff, but, yeah, like, you see this match, on the buy-in, and then you see Sheeta versus Britt Baker at the pay-per-view, and you're like, man, if you didn't know any better, you'd, you'd swear that they've got it all put together with the women's division, but they don't. Yeah, two segments a week, if that. One of them was like this match I didn't care about, and the other one was just, I'm Britt Baker, and I'm celebrating with my title. It, 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 you know, that's fine. That happens all the time, especially when a heel gets the title and stuff. But yeah, like, I, I don't... I don't feel like it's pushed hard enough, the the women's division. Then and then you've got fucking old man doofus making stupid comments. You know. <laughs> I can't say what they are because I can't Ross, remember. Right? Yeah, shit. Jim Ross is like... And there are 
other other podcasts that'll cover that in better detail than I care to, and that's fine. But yeah, like even my wife, you know, Charity barely pays attention during the commentary and stuff. She's just you know happy to chill out and watch some wrestling and stuff. But even even the, then, like they'll say something and she'll look up at the screen and go, "Really? That's what you? That's what you? That's what you're saying? Like really?" So yeah. Um, they've still got a way to go to, uh, like, is it possible for the, for the women in the women's division to have amazing matches? Yes. Do they do it all the time? Well, yeah, but I'm, yeah. So, okay. Like, well, sometimes I'll see a woman and they'll be telling me red velvets one nine matches. I'm like, really? I haven't seen her on dynamite right. for eight weeks. Well, the other person I was highly impressed by <laughs> that I think has like, limitless potential if booked properly is the 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 monster heel and i can't remember is jade or something like that is that right what was her name we were talking about it Argyle. jade yeah, yeah her jesus christ she's a monster yeah i mean she just needs to be killing people she doesn't need to be in stories with cody or whatever's going on with her i just want i want her to squash people for a year and then just kill your baby face champion and then the the chase after that is like money you know i i don't my my point in bringing this up is that we never get to talk about women's wrestling because they don't have that in new japan which is fine you know it's just it is what it is but i love women's wrestling i'm a big supporter of it i think it's really important and to me a wrestler's a wrestler and we've talked about that many times however when companies separate it i feel the need to say that i support the women's wrestling you know what i mean because it's they've made a, a separation so i guess i have to too as well but um they've got incredible amount of talent i mean like i've seen Britt baker live you know at least once if not more than once and she blew my mind you know uh, she's fantastic they have such great talent what is going wrong what's wrong like why why do you think that Dude, they can't figure it out jay cardgill after that stupid cody story mind you for a guy I really like, especially his um, AEW run, because I feel like his in-ring and stuff, has been, and his promos, except for maybe the patriotic one, have been pretty good. Cody's stories have been ass gravy for, for over close to a year, I guess, uh, except for maybe the um, TNT title stuff. The, the Dustin like one that. is like the big one, right? That's the one that was great, and then everything else has been kind of meh. Uh, but Jade Cargill has been in a storyline where fucking managers or mostly this one manager dude has been trying to sign her up to to be their manager Matt hardy was trying to get involved with jay trying to be her money guy and all this kind of stuff and i'm like no and then she's cutting promos all the oh, time and they're yeah, awful yeah. and i'm like Bullshit. this lady does not need to say a fucking word what does she need to say when she looks like that? Nothing, because she could just fucking kill your ass. She should be in the ring, dropping suplexes on people, maybe a freaking barrier or two, or a power bomb or something like that. We're done in like three or four minutes. Smashed uh, next opponent, please. And then you build her up like that. Yeah, she's uh, sometimes <sighs> they're good. Like I like AEW. I generally like the directions they go, but sometimes they're not that great at. Like they need to hide her uh, negatives and accentuate her positives. Like her positives is uh, this is going to sound not a bit shallow, but look at her. She looks like a freaking killer. I yeah. guess like 
She's got an amazing look. In fact, that's kind of the strength. Yeah. That's a really big strength of a lot of the wrestler, the female wrestlers in, in AEW. They all have fantastic looks. And, like, I don't mean they just look attractive. I mean they have varied and interesting yep. looks, almost all of them. And that is really important, you know? I mean, Sheeta is so pretty, it hurts to look at her. So, I mean, that's that obviously she's like you know, top notch in the looks department, but she backs it up. I mean, that spinning, like, cyclone knee thing she does, that fucking is amazing. I love it. It's awesome. Yep. I, I've i never been disappointed with Jada match. Like, and she carried, like, you say, say what you want about how good or bad the division is. She carried it for a year when they had no wrestlers. Uh, because of COVID and all this kind of stuff and, you know, some of their Joshi wrestlers are stuck in Japan, all that kind of shit. She moved to America. She's been their champ. She was their champ for over a year. She's their longest running champion in AEW ever. No one's held a title longer than she has. So, I love her. I've got a, t- I've got a t-shirt with her on it. Uh, she's badass. Uh, yeah, so. Um, and you know, it was a perfect time. It was a perfect time to take the title off her too. Like she set a record, set a benchmark for all champions in New Japan. Oh, New Japan, sorry. You know, because we do a New Japan project. But you know, she set a benchmark for all champions in AEW, all that kind of stuff. She's great. Uh, that women's division will be great. Yeah. Eventually. Well, if they got I'm still waiting. Out. It. It's been one. Year, I'm still waiting for it to click but they've been unlucky because of covid and injuries like statland has only just come back um Britt baker herself had an injury or two but they've been smart enough to keep her on the show just doing promos and stuff because uh she she could do it all if 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 a wrestler could do it all talk and wrestle have them both if they can only do one there's that's that's fine there's nothing wrong with that have her do that one thing but do it awesome which is what they're doing wrong with bloody jake cargill but yeah well i just i I want them to succeed and if i was to watch more wrestling it's funny it would still wouldn't be impact i wouldn't be wwe it might be noah but the one my first like part uh my first idea would have would always be kind of stardom because i you know i've watched a lot of dudes wrestling each other so if i had the time to sit down and watch another promotion uh, it'd probably be a Japanese one, and, a, and it'd probably stardom. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, if you're out there, and, you know, I'm pretty ignorant when it comes to stardom. I know some of the wrestlers. Same. I know that they fucking bump like, you know, no one bumps like as hard as a Joshi wrestler. And so I know that. I've seen some of the matches and stuff. But, hey, recommend some stuff to us if you know anything, you know, uh, good about stardom and some people we should check out because I would love to learn that. And if you have any other women's matches you want to throw our way, I love them. They're great. I mean, you know, we did – I don't know if we – I don't know if I recommended this, but we did cover a uh, women's match on here once. It was – it was Medusa versus um, Bull Nakano, and because uh, that's on New Japan World a couple times, and man, that's some good shit. Bull Nakano rules. I love that stuff. So I don't know. I just want to learn more, and I want to talk more about it. And uh, I just w- thought you might want to talk about AEW a little bit. Um, Hell I'm yeah! Not trying to shit on them. I think they've obviously hired very well. It's just a matter of trying to organize that shit and get. Uh-huh. 
those awesome matches on TV so people can see them and realize that, hey, women's wrestling isn't different than men's. You know what I mean? That's a big problem is that when they separate them and they keep it that way, it's like, oh, well, this is different. But it isn't different. It's the same thing. Everything's the same. It's just they're women. What I, You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know. You know the best part of that uh, buy-in match between well, the best part, but a part that added to that women's match. I mean, the best part was like Riho and Deep kicking each other's asses. <laughs> but another part of that that I liked was that it was only Excalibur and Tony Schiavone on country, and they were great together. And I'm like, sweet, all right, cool. And I watched that match, and I don't, I did not hear anything that made me go, oh, I don't think you should say stuff like that. But come on, like women watch this show too, you know. Uh, and then I was like, sweet, this is a commentary team for tonight. Oh, maybe Jim Ross has hemorrhoids and he can't make it. But no, nah, then <laughs> the show starts, and then Jim Ross is on. Look, I, I, I like what Jim Ross has done in the past and stuff, and he can still call a good match. But uh, yeah. You know how, like, you and I are saying, like, we don't want women's wrestling treated any different to the men's wrestling and stuff. Well, listen to him on commentary. He treats it different. Big time. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, I've, I haven't liked Jim Ross since he did that commentary on uh, Wrestle Kingdom 9. It was awful. I mean, awful. Oh, yeah. and, and he didn't know anybody. He didn't give a shit. He was just there for a payday. And he was just, him and Matt Stryker did it. And they were fucking, I mean, like, Matt Stryker did his homework and was least trying. And Jim Ross didn't give a fuck and was just shitting on everything. And so, you know, ever since I heard that, I was like, well, I don't, you know, that's like, you know, I, I don't want to see him. And, you know, that's when you see, like, Peter O'Toole in a movie and he's just sitting the whole time and he doesn't even do anything. You're like, well kind of done with him you know he doesn't need to act anymore i think that jim ross has done <laughs> enough it's time to move on you know what i mean so uh if it makes you feel any better mr andy uh peter o'toole will no longer be acting <laughs> good because he, he he's he's in some shitty movies recently and all he does is sit in them and it's like come on man stand up stand up um so, <laughs> anyway all right well luke is now, he dead? what's that yeah Peter O'Toole's been dead since like 2013. Oh, so you he... don't have to worry about him anymore. Really, 2013? Yeah, man. I didn't know that, man. I I didn't know he was dead. That sucks. I I love Lawrence of Arabia. Love it. That movie is one of my favorites ever. There's this really I cool. Seen it. What? Oh my god. It's it's like one of the first movies to do overlap audio cues. So like the audio comes in for the next scene before the scene ends, and there's this amazing scene at a well. The scene at the well, dude. My God, what an amazing! I did watch a movie by the same director recently, which was like bloody Doctor Zhivago. There you go. Uh, so uh, I liked that enough to go. Oh, all right, I might watch one of his other flicks. But so, so yeah, it's on the list. See, that's why I do the, the review so I can watch things I don't usually watch. All right, man. So we've ragged on Peter O'Toole yes. and Jim Ross, and uh, I can't remember much of Peter O'Toole's act acting off the top of my head so uh, i'll just believe you and say that he's ass gravy no and, he was uh, awesome he was awesome back <laughs> in the day he just late in his day, life right. he did the sit down steven seagal thing and it's like come on man um you know when when you're old actor every scene he's in he's just sitting you know something's not right <laughs> so but yeah. um okay so luke uh would you like to hear a kojima tweet or would you like to hear our first strong review uh well, 
Both are going to feature some Kojima chit chat, aren't they? Yes. So let's just uh, we got two emails. Let's just let's, let's do the first one. Okay. So here is Ian's uh, review of um, New Japan Strong on five twenty nine, which is uh, May 29th. So hi, Luke and Andy. So th- this is Ian with another New Japan Strong review. I'm going to amaze you both by not calling this episode of Strong a one-match show. It was, in fact, a two-match show. Sadly, (laughs) neither of those matches is the first one on the card, which is a singles bout between AJZ and Clark Connors. I don't know who exactly was asking for a 50-50 fusion of Billy Gunn and Dolph Ziggler, but frankly, they're welcome to him. To be fair, AJC seems perfectly competent in the ring, but his presentation is so obnoxious and one-note that his ring skills don't matter, which is a shame because Clark Connors looked great in this match. A compact powerhouse who forgoes flashy moves in favour of things that hurt, Connors is a future star, and I'm looking forward to seeing him against better competition. Following this, we have Wheeler Utah versus El Fantasmo in an absolute delight of a match. Utah and Fantasmo fit into the same middle ground between the top end of junior heavyweights and the lower end of full heavyweights. However, while Utah's presentation is clean and crisp and his technique is pristine, Fantasmo is the best dirtbag in pro wrestling. The result yeah. is a match that's in depth without outstaying its welcome and another great singles outing for Fantasmo. The only thing wrong with this match was the commentary. Kevin and Alex seemed more concerned with cracking jokes and saying weird things than calling the match. <laughs> Come on, guys, this isn't dark. Sounds like us. The main event was the first yeah. <laughs> strong open weight title, which is a challenge for any new title. As a champion, you're only as good as the people you beat, and your title is only as prestigious as the people who want it. Thankfully, this did everything you could want of a first defense. Tom Lawler and Chris Dickinson wrestled a hard-hitting, MMA-inflected match that didn't shy away from the bitterness between these two wrestlers. Dickinson looked credible as a challenger, Lawler looked worthy as a champion, and both wrestlers left the match looking good. Post-match, they kept my interest up by setting up a challenge from Carl Fredericks in a segment that balanced comedy and menace well. Strong continues to be non-essential viewing. But as they close in on their one-year anniversary, they've built the bones of a watchable show. Only time will tell if that survives a transition to live crowds. Thanks, guys. And until next time, keep it strong. There you go. Another good one. A couple things about that. Uh, Wheeler Yuta, very, very good independent wrestler. Like, he's... He's one of those guys, you see him and you go, okay, well, so when's he going to get signed? Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's done. He's been he's been sitting in the oven warming, you know, ready to get called up for a year, maybe two years. He's excellent. And his looks great. He's a perfect uh, foil for someone like, uh, like um, <laughs> El Fantasmo. And then I have cracked the code of the commentary okay i actually cracked this code a couple months ago or a month ago and i completely for- forgot until now to talk about it so kozlov has two modes okay um he has i'm reading mode right where he what he says it makes sense and you know is something that was written for him you know oh wow what a move you know something like that right and then, um, and then he has, I'm not reading, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, riffing mode. And you can tell the difference because when he's reading, 
He just says what he's supposed to say. When he's not reading, he says, you know, every other word. He sucks, man. Yeah. And you said a comment on um, the Dominion commentary that uh, some one of the commentators must have been taking a leaf out of his book. Uh, we'll get to that. Yes. <laughs> um, we really will. And speaking of ELP and how good he is at being a dirtbag, he does one of the craziest uh, things that I see on the on the weekend that made me just fucking laugh my ass off. <laughs> I think it was at at Dominion as well, but uh, we're not we're not at Dominion. We're at the uh, the road to uh, Dominion. Let's get into it because uh, oh, I just want to say at the top, uh, there's no never match at Dominion. Uh, mention of the rest for never. Oh, I missed the Never title. Please bring back the Never title. I love the Never title. Anyway, let's get back. <laughs> let's just start. We start off with uh, Yuya Amura, Sho and Yo versus Suzuki, El Desperado, Maru. I'm ready for Sho and Yo and El Despian Kanemaru to start seeing other people. I really am. Uh, not, not the yeah and. <clears throat> I think uh, we but you mentioned this on the on the tweet at least to me that uh, yeah Yo and El Despia are a little off uh, a little bit off cue here and stuff but like I did like seeing Suzuki rip and tear at both Show and Yu Yu at the same time and uh, but yeah look what it was between Show and El, uh, Yo and El Desperado uh, on this night or the next night. Union, but it was, uh, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll get into it a bit, but uh, Pinche Loco on New Year, Uramora. So Suzuki's in this match, and he's just running around, like, breaking everyone's legs, but mostly show for some reason. Like, he's just all mm-hmm. fucking with show. And, and the part you're talking about where Yo and Desperado, they're paired off, and they just botch an Irish whip. It's really weird. Like, what? They can't, they can't get on the same page for an Irish ship. Like, one of them's on the wrong side or something, and they can't. It's very strange. Communication issues, I guess. I don't know. Um, you know, Rapongi 3K kept trying to help Yuyamura get the win, which was pretty fun. Um, of course, that's not going to happen. You're right. Um, and Desperado is kind enough to distract the ref before using the closed fist because he is a babyface. That's right. Hey, that's it's, it's like uh, everyone has Suzuki going kind of is now, aren't they? Yeah. Is, is Suzuki still a fa- is Suzuki a face now? Yeah, they're all faces, man. Yeah, I kind of like it. It's, it's <laughs> really it's, it's a new angle on Suzuki behavior too much because they're still Suzuki goon. But uh, you know, people hate Bullet Club more. So since they've been wrestling a lot of Bullet Club, I guess they've been looking pretty facey. Uh, I, I did. Uh... Yeah. I did look at next week's cards, and I don't see Jay White on any of them. So, uh, you know, but he is in the United States from what I understand. So, you know, hopefully he's getting vaccinated, and that's the whole point. Yeah. You know, I I don't mind if more random wrestlers decide to turn up on Strong for a week or two if they get a jab uh, and uh, go on back to – uh, Japan all vaccinated and shit. I'd be fine with that. Uh, we started with the dads. Uh, Jay's over there. Maybe ELP got himself vaccinated. He was over there as well. But uh, yeah, it, it, it was fine stuff. And next we've got a match that just like 
well, I see the lineup and uh, I, I know who's losing. It's uh, Ryusuke Taguchi, Tom Wakihama, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and <sighs> poor Tiger Mask versus El Fantasmo, Shredder, Chase, and Evil. I saw this lineup and I was like, oh, notice, but maybe we can get Evil versus Tanner at Dominion. Why not? Or also, Mox, Moxley should hurry his ass up and uh, decide who he wants to wrestle again. Tanahashi needs a vaccination, so maybe he can go over to yeah. New Japan. Uh, sorry, from uh, New Japan over to uh, AEW for a night or something. That match on Strong, yeah, you want it on a big show. So, uh, yeah, you know, hurry up, Moxley, and challenge Tanahashi already. We know it's coming. You want it. You got into New Japan watching Tanahashi and Suzuki. You've wrestled Suzuki. Well, there you go. Tanahashi's next. But yeah, uh, this match it makes me laugh because Tanahashi's doing ass attacks, which is amazing. <laughs> like, like Taguchi is a freaking blast. Taguchi is like ass-tastic. He has like four ball club guys in like a diamond formation on the ropes and he's going back on it. I would have... I asked what would happen if there was a... On the Tweety, if there was a sudden death on his butt. And uh, I can't remember who responded to it, but I think it was Jay. I might be wrong, but, uh, you know, she said, uh, what, I asked, what would happen if there was a sudden death? Stupid kid, Gucci's ass. And uh, the answer was loose explosion. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah. <laughs> Dude, look at Shredder in this match. He is super happy to have his back rake buddy back. Yeah. Super happy. You know, back rake shenanigans city. And, you know, as fun as, as this match is, you know that as soon as Tiger Mask is in, it's uh, time to wrap things up. And he did, by losing to Shredder. Yeah, ELP even helped him pin Shredder, or, or helped Shredder pin Tiger Mask. And they had gotten a lot of heat on Hanma in the match. So after the match, Hanma is like shit-talking Bullet Club. And it's like, it's just impotent rage, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, Sonata was a jerk by running rings around him, but, and he's not supposed to be a big jerk. Whereas, like, Bullet Club, oh, man, he, he wouldn't be fast enough to handle, I don't know, man. Yeah, talking smack, he can't even back that up. Get out of <laughs> here. It was pretty funny, so. <laughs> and then we got, uh, oh, very high up on the card, we've got Yoda Suji and Kota Ibushi versus Khan on the cob. This is fun stuff. Adds more to the <laughs> can on the cob. Yeah, adds more stuff to the uh, Kobabushi story. Yeah, more and uh, hey, someone else got to win on the Empire, which is nice. Uh, a greater can picks up the victory here. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. So Okan pins Suji after, I mean, it's a pretty good match. Nothing earth-shattering or whatever. I don't know. It's fine. You know, we got Kov versus Ibushi doing stuff. But, I mean, like, at this point, we're ready to see him fight. You know what I mean? So, like, this yeah. match is like, okay, let's get through this, you know? It's a, not, these middle matches here, there's not much going on. Nothing's really moving the needle for me. No. It, it, it's fine. I'm I'm to have a show, like, because... I, I need New Japan in my life, but yeah, uh, this, that country needs some vaccination rollout, like stat, uh, because things aren't going to get to normal very soon. Like, 
apparently they roll out what it starts in august or something like it, what the fuck yeah at least down here and you guys are doing all right with that over there but uh yeah so next we've got yoshi hashi ishi goto and okada versus all of lij so ishi stuff was like the best thing about this match and made me wish that they would maybe just fight over the six mans by themselves yeah uh because that's the biggest draw for me uh mind you uh so kind of cancels everything out it's like it's like when you have goto and sonata ring i'm just like who do i want to win here uh, just one of them tag out and let the guy they tag out win. Like, that's <laughs> kind of where I am. But that's not what happens. Goto pins Sonata. Uh, you hated that bit because I kind of like Goto a little more than Sonata. So, uh, yeah, that's the biggest non-event finish that probably you and I could probably dream up. Make, you know. So uh, it, it also made me think, oh, Sonata got pinned. Maybe tomorrow night it will be reversed. So, uh uh, well, we'll definitely know that it wasn't. We've already mentioned they're record-breaking champs now, so yeah, it was fine, fine stuff. The Naito Ishi stuff was definitely the best part of the match. I have nothing to add because anything that I add will be taking, like, you know, moving a. This will be stalling or something like that. The next thing that happens on the show, which might be the the. I mean, like. I about poop my pants when when whatever you're oh, about yeah. to talk about happens happens because I was just so happy. I literally was like, yeah, at like six in the morning or whatever time. Fuck yeah, man! I I was I I marked out too. And did I did I not send you a message like almost straight away saying tech is a winning now? Yeah, oh no doubt, no doubt. And like early <laughs> in the night, I had seen you know Miho Ave had uh, posted a picture of her in her gear, and I was like, oh that's nice. She's posting in an old picture to support her buddies and you know that was not the case actually so. yeah like i know that there was that whole thing where uh techers were like on the next show we want that title shot and i'm like okay cool let's get this title shot happening we've been waiting for it for ages part of me thought though as i'm watching this really awesome match and this really amazing moment which i'll talk about in just a second Maybe you might have wanted to have had that on um, D- D- Dominion. Yeah. That would be really special to have there. It was still really special. Don't get me wrong. But yes, uh, uh, Tai Chi's music hits. And it's the longer version with the, like, the longer intro. You know, sometimes they play that whole intro first. And there she is. Miho Abe who has not been seen in New Japan for over a year, she's back. And I get super excited. Twitter blows up. Everyone's fucking going nuts. And then I sent you a message straight away saying, Tekkers have to win now, don't they? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's some really, like, all right. So previous matches that they've had, Tekkers and G.O.D., they've had some weird starts. Like, they'll start up on the stage, like, you know, up, up ramp near the stage, and they'll beat each other up there, or they'll do some long beatdowns outside. This match didn't really have a weird beginning. So, to me, this is my favourite of the Tekkers G.O.D. matches, uh, and not just because of the finish, I guess, but uh, there's some really cool storytelling in here as well. 
it, it, they threatened to go a little bit too far at one point, but I, I don't think that was ever in the cards. Uh, but, uh, you know, Tai Chi gets beaten up in front of uh, Mihao Abe. Tamo threatens her a little bit, but... Uh, it, like, I know some people were thinking, like, oh, I don't know about that. That's a bit far, but this is Tamatonga here. I don't think he would, but I do think he would use her to play mind games and stuff like that, but I don't think he'd go through it and all that kind of stuff. So I didn't mind that part, but uh, I did want to posit a theory that had nothing to do with the quality of the match, and uh, it was, do you think Tongaloa has a Steiner match promo in him at one point? No. No, this is some dream that you had, some fever dream. That no, he does not have that. He just, no. I mean, like he can pretend and like rip off a Steiner math promo and try to do that. But I mean, we, as we all know, you don't do Steiner math in Japan. You do Kojima math. Anyway. Oh, that's so, right. That's you know? true. Yeah, but uh, this match is awesome. Even when there are flubs, the match still manages to stay consistently good. Like. Doki's supposed to go in for a save because I think Gato comes in with brass knucks and he's supposed to like do a jump off the top rope, land and hit him or something like that. Well, he can't, Doki kind of slips, but he doesn't stop his movement and just hits him with a lariat or something instead. So I was like, all right, I, I, I can handle, I don't mind if, if, you, if you think, like Doki's must be like, yep, I fucked that up. Oh, well, I'll just hit him with a lariat. There, done. Move on. So, uh, yeah but this match is really cool uh it goes both ways like i i'm thinking to myself they have to win because miho's been here for like the first time in a year but there's so many close calls and their finishes there's like a, a, a that, that zach driver combo is that what they win with yes uh, or yeah so you know zach you pick him up zach mephisto pick him up for the zach driver and then kick to the kick to the noggin and then one two three i'm pretty sure it was tamatonga who get, got his butt pinned there too thank you charity she bought me coffee but uh yeah so this was i i know i have a dominion but i understand why they probably had some tag match like title title matches on these two nights it's probably because like they need some feel good moments they need some reason shows they need to give us something, and I think they're feeling that right now. Like, you and I are just like, man, New Japan needs to give us something. Well, here, here's, this is it. This is them trying to give us a bit of something extra uh, just to be like, yeah, I know, things are a bit fucked up right now, but, hey, here's Miho Abe for a night, and here's a feel-good moment and uh, all this kind of stuff. Like, there's this amazing part after the match where – uh, tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. drape uh, Miho Abe with the tag titles. She's crying and stuff. I'm pretty sure Tai Chi might have had a few tears himself. It's awesome. Doki's in there hugging him and all that stuff too. This is mega. Like if you if if we're having like a, a bit of a discussion about whether El Desperado and Suzuki and that are heels or faces or not, we're not having that with Zack Sabre Jr., Doki or Tai Chi. Their faces galore. They were mega baby faces in this match. They got beat down a lot. I thought it was awesome, uh, especially compared to the rest of the card. No offense, uh, but yeah, what do you think? Well, okay, so <clears throat> there's a couple different ways that that wrestling can like touch me. You know, can make me feel. And uh, sometimes it's just like 
athleticism you know it's like amazing things feats of strength you know those kinds of things sometimes it's a it's a storyline of good versus evil or you know or some kind of uh you know more complicated story and sometimes it's just an emotional moment and dude this got me so hard because i, I like i love tai chi like he's one of my favorite guys all right and, yep. and that that means a lot to me and and he has been missing part of his character for over a year miho abi is a a, a definitive part of his character like it, he's not the same without her it's very important um so her showing up and kneeling down like she does and she's crying her eyes out as soon as she's out she's like you could tell she was like oh I, i'm gonna i'm gonna be fine you know and she gets out there as soon as the you know music starts playing and everybody reacts to her she just starts bawling her eyes out and i'm like yeah. oh i'm like shedding a tear myself because it's you know, it's a symbolic thing too, because you know, like I said, we, you know, there's a, I'm obviously reasons she hasn't been there, and I would assume it's safety, and uh, so this was a big deal for her clearly, and mm -hmm. so it was just as a big deal for us as uh, watching it, which was awesome, and um, you know, a couple things that happened in the match, you know, Jado and Dookie agree to just like leave um, to make it a fair fight, which of course means that they all, you know, they run in later, of course. But, um, you know, the whole thing where G.O.D. is attacking, um, you know, uh, the Techers and forcing her to watch while they, you know, they beat up, <laughs> you know, Tai Chi and stuff, that shit is amazing because Tai Chi was always a heel. And Miho would play the role of either trying to, like, kind of, like, make the opponent have a wandering eye during the match, or she would just straight up, like distract them somehow now she does not take bumps so you don't have to worry about her get she's not going to be bumping or anything like that which is good you know so she's strictly a valet manager uh type and um you know seeing her on the babyface end is that same kind of thing that we've been saying for you know a year now about how you know it's crazy seeing suzuki guna's face is the same thing it's crazy seeing her as a face because she was always a heel too in like the most innocent and wholesome way. She was like the, the you know, the most innocent heel ever. And you almost thought to yourself, she's under the thumb of Tai Chi. Like she has to do what he says because she's subservient to him. And that's kind of always been the character. This is a different thing. And it's and it's mm. it's um character evolution, it's character progress for um for Tai Chi. A big time and you know and Zach and Suzuki Goon overall so having her back was such a big deal it was a huge you know huge spot to be in she knocked it out of the park her emotions um, normally would annoy me um, in some cases however in this case I felt the same way as her and this match it's cliche, but this match is an absolute emotional roller coaster. I was exhausted yes. after I watched it. I'm like, <laughs> I had to go to work after this, and I was like, at work, like yawning all day because I was so tired from just watching this match. It's fucking awesome. It's not the best match we're going to see this week, but it's up there, and it's not because of the work rate. And that's what's great about it is that, you know, most of the time when you think of good matches in New Japan, it's work rate. That's not the case here. No. It's storytelling and emotion. And uh, the finish was the holy Zack driver. That's when Zack does his move. When it's Tai Chi doing the Black Mephisto and it's assisted, that's the Zack Mephisto. So, yeah, gotcha. I don't Thank know. You. Just being pedantic there. But, yeah, man, I like we really needed a match like this, didn't we? Just something fun and emotional. And, 
you know, the cheating was over the top, which also made me think that uh, G.O.D. was losing the... I'm fine with, fine with that. I, I, I'm also fine with the Tekkers going singles, but like, I do kind of really like them to get together. Whatever. They're, They're going to be great no matter what they do. You know, that's what's great. Damn straight. Now, so, um, yeah. Before we move on, would you rather hear the Kojima tweet or would you rather hear the second strong review? Let's go with the Kojima tweet. All right. Well, as you all know, we love uh, Satoshi Kojima, a.k.a. Mr. Yep. Bread. And uh, he's always tweeting. He's at Cozy underscore Lariat on Twitter. Check him out. He's always tweeting funny shit. And um, he was in the United States, so he wanted to share his opinion of what it was like being in the United States. So uh, here is your Kojima tweet of the week. It reads, quote, I had a fulfilling American life. I ate delicious food, worked out, and fought with our opponents. I ate bread, and I ate Panda Express. It is happiness. Unquote. I like that uh, his whole experience in America is just like, oh, yeah, I wrestled some, but I ate food. Food, food. <laughs> Panda Express is garbage, <laughs> too, by the way. So. Oh, man. I've never heard of it, so... <laughs> it's fast food, Chinese food, and it's no bueno, man. It is not good. Oh, right. It's... it's uh, it's yeah it's it's bad news fair enough so yeah that was dominion night one uh let's let's road kick it up with uh road to dominion yep night two we've got uh new Uramora, yoda suji tom wafi homer and tama that should be tana hashi not tama tana fuck that up versus elp shredder chase and evil I do like the uh, young lions messing with evil uh, at, the, at the start of it, which is nice. So evil's trying to do some kind of nefarious shit, and the young lions aren't having it. They're, you know, they're wise. They're they've wisened up to evil's bullshit, which is pretty cool. It's, it's back rake buddy central in this match, which is awesome. But uh, the best part is uh, Chase is getting uh, ATO. <laughs> And getting a Kokeshi at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Yuya almost ran out at the start. So, uh, yeah, he got pinned. So there you go. And uh, you do notice, I wonder why, Miss, Mr. Andy, I wonder why Shredder's getting a lot of pins right now. Interesting. Hmm. You know, he did pin Goto a couple times. That was pretty cool. Um, I, watched this was <laughs> I watched this later on, so I got the English commentary. And I had Kevin Kelly, uh, you know, on his own. And he was doing a commentary. And, man, I'm listening to him. And I'm like, you know what? He reminds me of Mean Gene quite a bit. And I love Mean Gene. I think Mean Gene's, like, the best backstage interview guy of all time. And, like, if you listen to Kevin Kelly a little bit, you're going to hear some Mean Gene. I never really noticed it before, but he's got it. Um, we get some more cool shit between Texas Guy and Suji that we, you know, picking up from the last time they, they had that match. Um, you know, like you said, ELP's uh, shenanigans are back in full effect, and I'm, I'm really happy to see it. Tanahashi does a hot tag in this match, and it's just like, this is, this is what you do. You know, like if you want to show young wrestlers how to be awesome in a hot tag, just watch this and do what he does because it's fucking great. Um, and then we had this thing happen in this match. And no one's going to notice this. No one's going to give a shit about this. But 
If you go back and watch this match, uh, late in the match, uh, Uyamura does a sliding roll-up on Ishimori, and it's the best sliding roll-up I've ever seen in my life. It was so amazing. It was so good. Of course, I'm the only one that would care about that, but it he is so fundamentally sound. Uh, you know, one of my favorite wrestlers until he went to WWE was Shane Strickland. Um, I can't remember what his WWE name is because I just don't care, but um, he was so good. Is that Yes. Is that um is that Killshot? Yes, Killshot, right. Yeah, from Lucha Underground. Uh, and he Oh man, he's so good. Yeah, so you know, I used to see him on the indies all the time, and not only does he bump really hard, which makes him, you know, good in my book, but he makes simple moves look fucking devastating. And that's like that's one of my favorite things. And man, Yuya is on his way because that roll up, goddamn. Man, I just I might go back and just find that and post it on the on the the Twitter just because I think it's so fucking awesome. Anyway, that good match. It was. Uh, yeah, and uh, please do that. So next, we have uh, Ryusuke Taguchi, Sho and Yo versus Doki Aldis and Kanemaru. And um, Doki's done this before, and I was like, oh, I don't know about that. And he does it again here. Like, all right, and uh, is this allowed? Because, like, all right, here, here's what happens. They're all on the outside having brawls and stuff like that. And then it cuts to Doki and Taguchi, and Doki is determined to stick his metal pole up to Gucci's butt. <laughs> and I'm just like, uh... Um, Doki pokey! Is that, is that because... Yeah, it was the Doki pokey. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that because Taguchi's butt is, like, his biggest weapon, and so you've got to take that out? Yeah. And, uh... Yeah. What and else did you could know that be? when Tagu- Luke? Why else could he want to do that? I mean, that's the only reason, yeah. right? That's the only reason. The only one. Also, did you know, Mister Andy, that when Taguchi's butt gets hurt, he has to sell his ass. <laughs> he does. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is great stuff again. Uh, but except for, and I'm I'm just gonna say it again. I had fun with this match, but. Yo and El Desperado. Oh, it was a bit mistimed like the night before. But yeah, we see a Doki Choki, I think, as well, which oh, is pretty yeah. cool. And then uh, Yo does his yegs. Oh, yeg. What's the yeg? He's leg submission on, uh, on Paul Doki. Yeah, I don't know what that's called, but it's fucking cool. That leg submission is pretty cool. Um, okay. I'm gonna look it up right now. Um, so Kevin Kelly clears up the whole uh, racist comments about Chumpy being a bad driver uh, here, Ref Chumpy. And it turns out that Chumpy drives the bus when they go on tour, so they get lost a lot. So is what he's trying to say. So um, all right, you know this is a good junior tag match. Um, Desperado sells really big for Yo, and Yo does not return the mm-hmm. favor. Um, and uh, you know, like you said, you had that leg submission, and then the old uh, the old uh, Stargazer. Donkey Jerky. So we had that as well. So Stargazer, that's what's called. That's an interesting name. Um, the the word star and dust uh, those are words that are have been in pro wrestling since the carny you know days. It's interesting that if you if you look up the term stardust in regards to pro wrestling in particular, it goes way back. And uh, it was even the name of a plane or something like that that the original like 
you know, like territory guys owned or something. I don't know. There's like, it's really cool. So naming something like a Stardust Press or, a, you know, a Stargazer or something like that is, is pretty old school. I like that. You saying Stardust a whole bunch of times just reminds me of Cody Rhodes, but uh, yeah, That's yeah, a great. Gimmick, so <laughs> I love that gimmick. I I think he was fantastic at that. If you ever saw him being interviewed as Stardust, he would never come out of character, and he was fucking awesome. And I love that character, but you know, I I, I thought he was awesome in it as well. There was yeah. a small problem. Uh, he was doing it for the wrong company, really. Yeah, that yeah. wouldn't really push him. So, uh, yeah, I think he made the right decisions in his career uh, in hindsight, don't you? <laughs> one time I was at a house show, and usually if you go to a WWE house show, like, one match will be fucking awesome. And it's not necessarily the main event, but, like, one of them, the guys are like, you know, they, like, trade off. Like, who's going to go hard tonight? Okay, the tag matches, you know. And uh, I saw it was the, the Rhodes Brothers versus the, the Usos versus New Day. And my God, Ooh. they fucking, they were like, they went so hard. And it was just like a 12 minute, just fucking amazing high work rate match that you would not normally see on WWE TV. And I'll always remember that. And that was like, that was really good. Um, those guys were great tag match workers, but you know, whatever. Can't do it on TV. Yep. You're damn right. And uh, here, we, here we go. The next match is fucking weird, man. It's blink and you'll miss that shit, right? Yes. Uh, because it, it does go for all of uh, two minutes and 24 seconds. Which uh, some people complained about on online. And I was just like, well, this match was short because there's a title match tonight. Like, it's going to go long. Well, and this feud is over now. So that's why. It, yeah, yeah. it shouldn't have even been a match, you know? Yeah. Uh, Minaro Suzuki and of course your new heavyweight tag team champions the Dangerous Takers versus Gato and Gorillas of Destiny Blink or you'll miss it Gato gets tortured to a submission really fast and by Zack Sabre Jr. Suzuki and Taichi did not even tag in nope. <clears throat> so uh, there's a nice payday for Taichi and Suzuki <laughs> <laughs> I love this match though I, I was like my, my notes say thank you Gato because I'm done with this matchup, like totally done with it. So there's nothing else they can do with it. You know, they gotta wait like years now before they can have this matchup again. But um, yeah, this is. Are you... I can't wait till we talk uh, about Dominion because I'm I I'm kind of excited for the Tekkers next feud, even though I don't like one of the members in it. But that's okay. I like him more than Tom Tongaloa. So there, there you go. Uh, you've heard it here first. I like Sonata more than Tongaloa, but. Uh... <laughs> But uh, all, uh, it's also going to be because as much as I shit on Sonata, one of my favorite matchups, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, is Sonata versus Zack Sabre Jr. Yes. So, uh, yes. Yes, please. Uh, so, yeah, we'll talk about that soon. But that match was really fucking short because we're going to get a long title match. This next match is pretty short as well, at uh, about nine minutes. And it's uh, Master Wato and Kota Ibuki versus Okan on the cob. There's like an insane Kobagoye reversal by Ibushi in this match, which is okay, awesome. Uh, With a rock. Cobb holds, yeah. Cobb holds Ibushi back so Okan can get the win, which, uh, yeah, we, we, we knew 
We knew Wato was uh, getting beat here, so uh, that's, that's fine. This match isn't long either. Ibushi and Cobb just, like, smash each other after the match, which is awesome. And rather than jump in and help, I can't just let him fight. And if the young lions try to get involved, he beats up the young lions. He's just like, <laughs> no, nah, man, my, my bro Jeff Cobb's getting some business done. You guys just wait outside. Yeah. So uh, I kind of liked that. Like, he didn't need to get... He didn't need it. The implication there is, like, he doesn't need to help Jeff Cobb. Right. Look at Jeff Cobb. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, so you know, pull... I thought it... You know, it was a pull apart, you know, and they did the thing where they kept fighting and they kept fighting and kept fighting. It was a very good one. It looked very real. And it was a yeah. little hint that we were going to get some, like, real-style fighting in their match, which we did, which we'll talk about. But, um... Oh. I really like the matchup of Cobb versus Watto in this match because Watto is just like, yeah, I'll fly all over the place. Yeah, you can throw me all over. And, man, he was yep. selling like a fucking boss. It was great. Um, also, he is now throwing in the mid card uh, in every match, which is weird. Uh, so, you know, if you want to be, if you're a wrestler and you want to forever be hashtag mid card for life, um, then do the mat, do the uh, the zigzag, which, uh, you know, Lexus Montez and, and I named the mid card, um, and you will always be in the mid card. So he's doing that. He's, he's trying to set up his career for a long run in the middle of the card. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I. I like the um, I like the pull part too. I thought it was really good, and like I said, it kind of hinted us a little bit, like, "Hey, man, these guys are really oh. gonna fight in this match coming up," and they kind of do, and it's pretty cool. <laughs> Hell yeah, it is. All right, so here we go. Uh, I, Miss Danny won't have much to say about this match, so uh, so I'll do it. <laughs> are you there? I'm here. You just you went a bit quiet. Yeah, I don't have anything yeah. to say. I'm I mean, what do you want so me to say about this? <laughs> All right. So here, uh, everyone knows, yes, I know, I still give him lots of shit because, well, you know, it's Yoshihashi. But I still like him. So it's fine. I've liked this kind of run with the Chaos guys as the Never Chair, Never Six Mans. It's probably the, the most story the Six Man Never titles have ever gotten. So for me, it's the most interesting they've ever been at least since I've started watching New Japan. And uh, and I'm like, all right, cool. I'm excited for this. Let's do it. And Sonata and Goto start. And I'm like, <laughs> but uh, and fucking something happens. Ishii wants Naito. So Ishii's tagged in and uh, Naito gets tagged in. And Naito just uh, looks at Ishii and just tags Bushi back in. So Bushi gets back in, and Naito's like, nah, man, nah, I'm only kidding, I'm only kidding, tag me back in. So Bushi tags Naito back in, only to get tagged back in by Naito. Naito's like, nah, fuck that. <laughs> oh, so Naito, just uh, just fucking with, uh, with uh, Naito there. There's one amazing spot where Ishii is beating up Naito, and Bushi comes up from behind Ishii and starts hitting him in the back. And Ishii just ignores him. He just wants to beat Naito up. Which made me fucking laugh. It was freaking priceless. The match gets pretty awesome. Uh, but uh, I do think there's one part of the match where Goto kind of fucked up. Like pulling Sonata off the apron to stop a tag. 
the tag actually got made, but Red Shoes is like, uh, that was not supposed to happen, so uh, no. So he looks like a gigantic red chumpy. So, come on. So you only had to grab his leg and pull him down before he got tagged. Like, come on, get it. Apart from that, uh, it's exciting shit. And, of course, you get the formula that a lot of these kind of matches have where to build suspense. And it works for me where you have the two jobberiest. I can't say jobberiest, probably because it's not a word, but jobbiest wrestlers in both six-man teams uh, battle out battle it out in the final stretch. So in this case, it's Bushi and, of course, Yoshihashi. So they're in the match for the rest of the long stretch with uh, the other wrestlers coming in to block pins or help out with double teams and shit. This match got me, by the way. I see the MX and I was like, oh, Bushi's getting his belt back. He never lost it. Mm-hmm. And boom, they just got freaking saved. There's, uh, and yeah, the butterfly lock at the end with a bit of extra stank on it as well. And Yoshihashi isn't just a champion now, but also a record breaking champion. There's five defenses of the six men never open titles. They, they've never had, and I think the record which they had equaled, which was held by Taguchi, Makabe, and Yano, has just been broken by the three Chaos Boys. Uh, maybe not as a big feel-good moment for a lot of people as night one, but I still felt felt really good. Uh, hey, this is probably the only avenue of wrestling where Yoshihashi can have a title and break a record. I mean, he's already broken one record, right? Like 13 years in New Japan without a title? Like, that's a record, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. How long was Captain New Japan in <laughs> New Japan? So... Not for over a decade, was he? Uh, maybe, yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I had a lot of fun with this. I, I, part of me couldn't see LIJ winning this because what does Naito want those belts for? Uh, and, you know, you, can, you, you don't really want to hobble Naito with uh, a, a six-man tag title match when you can always instantly heat him back up to the top spot and have him wrestle for the main gold. I know they're probably putting that on the uh, bit of the back burner and having him do kind of side stories at the moment because of where New Japan's going. But, uh, yeah, I had, a, I had a lot of fun with this. Maybe not as emotional and stuff as well, but, yeah, must, I had a big smile on my face. What, I was going to ask what you think, but you were all just like, well, I do have some notes on this match. Um you know, I thought that the story of Ishii being the, the straw that stirs the drink in this match, that kind of like mm-hmm. he gets LAJ off their game, and that's kind of why they lose, because they can't they can't do their shit because he keeps taking Naito out, and, and you know, and so then they can't do their, like, triple moves and all that kind of stuff that they do. So um, Yoshihashi's doing an injury angle on his shoulder in this match, too, uh, which leads to a lot of yelling. Um, and, uh, Sonata puts Goto in the Paradise Lock and then does the Muda Pose, which was interesting. Um, and then, uh, we did have this really fun sequence in here where Bushi is just fucking up Yoshihashi. And Yoshihashi's mm-hmm. team has to save him from Bushi, like, five times. <laughs> that yep. made me laugh. A little sloppy Dude, at the Dude, the end. same thing happened when, uh, it was Doki... And Yoshihashi in that final stretch, right, you know, yes. like Doki's kicking the shit out of Yoshihashi. And I'm like, <laughs> man, 
Even yeah. when he's champed, Yoshi can't get no respect. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's got the, you know, he's got he's got all he needs, so he'll be fine. But uh, yeah, it is okay. I just it went quick though. I know it was like a half hour long, but it went pretty quick. You know, uh, there wasn't a lot of steps to this match. You know, so it was it was pretty basic stuff. But I don't know. I liked it. It was fine. I just don't. I don't know. I just, you know, I don't like most of the people, like half the people in the match I'm not a real big fan of, but I did like uh, Ishii and uh, Naito fucking it up. That was good. Yeah, it's always good. Put them in the same block, uh, please. Uh, yeah, just do that. Also, put um, Jay White in that same block because uh, I wouldn't mind another yes. Ishii uh, Jay White match, please. Uh, just do that <laughs> if there is a G1. But, uh, alright, so before we hit on uh, Dominion, mind you, this is also another match you could have put on Dominion, but uh, they they just didn't. Uh, so Dominion's going to feel really weird, I guess, uh, especially when there's something going to happen early on in Dominion, and I think what ha- that happens early on in Dominion could have part of that could have happened at the end of this show, setting up another end, but that's. Not really where we go, I guess, and we don't want to wear out some of our wrestlers. They did work 30 minutes. It's pretty tough. So we'll get into that in a minute, but uh, I do believe Mr. Ian sent us uh, another one, another of his wonderful voice emails, this one being the strong episode from the weekend. So do you guys, you guys probably remember me going like, oh, Mr. Bread? He's on Impact. I'm going to check that out. Well, I got busy and I forgot to check it out this week on Impact, but he won. And I'm like, oh, he's on Strong? Who's he wrestling this week? And uh, I guess Mr. Ian will uh, tell us all about it. But I saw that I saw that lineup and I was like, I don't want to see Bread wrestle that guy. Uh, <laughs> Bread is a draw for me, but like some people are like an anti-draw, like the opposite of a draw, whatever that is. And uh, it's that guy, uh, J.R. Kratos. So, <laughs> man, I'm, I'm sorry if you listen to this, Mr. Kratos. But uh, because uh, of COVID and you being in another country, I feel pretty safe. So uh... <laughs> <laughs> You'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, all right. So here is Ian's uh, strong review for this week. Here we go. Hi, Luke and Andy. This is Ian with a supplemental New Japan Strong Review. There was an unintended theme on New Japan Strong this week, where every match had one or more competitors I really liked, and one or more that I just didn't care about. First up, we had TJP vs Kevin Knight. Much like his match with the DKC last month, this was a chance for TJP to help elevate a younger talent, a chance he absolutely refused to take. (laughs) Kevin Knight has good fundamentals and will be a great wrestler one day, but it won't be because of TJP. (laughs) TJP once said that he had never learned anything from someone he'd been in a ring with, and he's not self-aware enough to know that that's a really bad thing. (laughs) Next up, we have a grudge match between Adrian Quest and Barrett Brown. Brown is uninteresting in the ring. He's facing Quest, who's fine but nothing special, and Brown has aligned himself with Bateman, who bores me. The stakes on this one could not be lower. It's a technically (laughs) fine match, but Brown's emotional range goes from angry, bug-eyed frustration to really angry, bug-eyed frustration, (laughs) so there's not a lot to work with here. 
Post-match, however, Fred Rosser turned up to offer Quest his support and remind the audience of what charisma looks like. <laughs> Rosser in a mentoring role could be really interesting. And finally, we had the main event, where Danny Limelight and J.R. Kratos faced off against Carl Fredericks and an unexpected Satoshi Kojima. So we get Mr. Bread versus Mr. Doe. This is three quarters of a really good match, let down by Kratos, who does a couple of things okay, but is mostly an empty space where a more exciting wrestler could be. However, it put Kojima on my TV, so I'm glad I watched it. Fundamentally, this was the most skippable New Japan in quite a while. If you're a Kojima completist, the main event is worth it, but otherwise, it's at best a background show. Thanks, guys, and you know what? You don't have to keep it strong this week. Hey, we're going to keep it weak. So just like New Japan Strong, we're going to keep it weak. (laughs) Dude, I want TJB to be on Strong every week. Because if Ian's going to send his voice emails about New Japan Strong, man, he fucking cracks me up with his... (laughs) Oh, my God. Mr. Bread versus Mr. Dull as well. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it was kind of a shitty show. Um, not much happened there. Uh, gosh. The first I... email, he's like, they've got all the pieces they're needed for, like, a really good show. Then we get to the second review. This show sucks. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sorry, but if Fred Rosser is your, like, that's your, like, you know, light in the storm or whatever, I mean, geez louise, that is not good, man. I'm sorry. So, uh... Woo. Well, I really appreciate him doing those. I think they're awesome, and I hope he keeps sending them in uh, because, goddamn, I am not going to watch that show. And so he is, um, you know, the Jesus Christ of the Never Open podcast. He is, uh, you know, uh, dying for our sins, so to speak. So, uh, yes, uh, yes, he is. Man, maybe I will check out at least that impact thing. You made me feel bad when he said, "If you're a Kojima completionist," and I'm like, I really like him. I don't know. Oh, yeah, Kratos. <laughs> all right luke uh, are you ready for mini dominion let's do it mini dominion man we are not at Corican. we are at osaka joe hall Yay! and the lights the only lights in the building that work are the fucking ones that shine on the ring apparently. It's a dark city you know because what well, it kind of worked though because you could at least hear the crowd you know so mm. yes it is so we have dominion and then hiromu comes out first and he pretty much does a better version of what the Street Profits do. He uh, runs in and he's like, hey, here's the card tonight. And, yeah, he could just pretty much just come in there and just talk about anything he wants. And I'm just happy to see, see him. He said he'd be back it's, soon, too. You know, he was like, oh, yep. I'm getting better. I'll be back soon. The crowd was so happy to see him, you know. I like what they're doing with uh, Hiromu. Like, all right, sure, he's not 100%, but every every now and again, let's actually have him on the show yes. to remind people that, hey, he's, he's not as badly injured as before. He won't be out as long. Here he is. He, he, you know, all that kind of shit. It's, okay, so, so the, the trend or the, the general rule in Western wrestling is to make sure that if someone's injured, they, are, they disappear. You don't know. You don't hear anything from them. You don't. They no updates. No nothing. Right. And then the, and then they can make their big return. But here's an example of a great way to use a wrestler. I mean, a wrestler doesn't have no use because they're injured. And we mentioned something earlier, if you remember, that uh, AEW did 
um, with an injured wrestler Britt that Baker. has fucking made him super over, which is Britt Baker. So, I mean, injured yeah. wrestlers are not worthless human beings to just be tossed in the trash and never think of again. It's it's uh, This is some smart stuff here. Yep. I really liked it. Put a smile on my face. And I was like, yep, cool. And, uh, you know, everyone's ready for Hiromu to come back. Also, Hiromu, Hiromu, even injured and out for months, is still the junior's top guy. Right. I'm sorry, yes. everyone else in the junior <laughs> division, but... And I like I like to love... I, I like... Up, you know, I started like, and I love a lot of the junior division at the moment. So it's a good division, but... You need more of them, you know. He is definitely the best of this division. He just, Absolutely. He just is. Now, yep. So you, you want to put him on your TV when you can. So uh, very smart on New Japan. So before we get started on the show, though, Luke, we have Rocky Romero, Azuka, Rocky yeah. Romero, and uh, Chris uh, Chris um, Charlton and Kevin Kelly on the call here. Um, there's a couple yep. bugs and hiccups. I mean, at one point, Chris Charlton is like, I'm having problems hearing you. He just yells that in the microphone, which is funny. Um, and he sounds like he's in a hallway, but it's mostly good. But Rocky Romero, it sounds like he's been hanging out with Kozlov a little bit because he's trying to be so quiet. And my theory was that it's three or four in the morning and his fucking family is asleep and he's in the other room trying to be like, yeah, that's a, this is a really exciting match. And, uh, you know, what Okada did there is, a, you know, that's a, that's really exciting stuff. Oh, my goodness. Did you see that move? Like, that's how he is the whole night. Yeah. It's really funny. I, I, so. I, think, we, I think we both love our, ourselves some Rocky Romero. Yes. And, and, I th- and I think we like him on commentary, too. But he has to be there. Oh, oh my gosh. Shingo won. Shingo's the champion. Like, that's... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It, it, it did sound. It, it, I know. I know. This is technically what he was doing, but it did, and it, and that's why it sounded like that. But it, it did sound like he was just sitting in front of a screen and talking about what's happening on it. It did, yeah. It uh, did. And yeah, I hate to. I hate to shit on him because I I like him on commentary and I love him in the ring. But yeah. I thought, was, I thought it was but, funny, you know, to me it was funny and like, you know, because you, your theory was amazing and <laughs> I just had that in the back of my head for the rest of the show. I'm like, he doesn't want to wake his family up. That's exactly the... what was going on. So, so yeah, funny. man. But uh, we start off with a eight-man tag. So is it eight-man? It was ten-man. I don't know. I can't count. So we've got uh, show... Tanahashi, Yoshi, it is 10 men. Show, Tanahashi, Yoshihashi, Ishii, and Goto versus Evil, ELP, Shredder, Chase Owens, and Yajiro, Pimpy. And uh, there's some fun to be had here, but this match didn't really make me feel like I was watching Dominion. That's fine. (laughs) But there is one amazing spot that I want to point out here because... It was it was so stupid and silly, but I fucking loved it. Uh, fucking Ishimori is holding. I can't remember who it was on the face team. I'm gonna say Yoshihashi. Uh, it might have been either him or Show because it wouldn't have happened to any of the others. But uh, uh, sorry, yeah, Shred is holding him. El Fantasmo gets up on the top rope. They're far away. And he does what the uh, the Phantasminator is what Kevin Kelly called it. He jumps <laughs> super far, 
guy jumps super far, lands, back rake. And I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> it's the most epic back rake you've ever seen. It, it was hilarious. I really love it. Uh, you mentioned this on the Tweety, and you're absolutely correct. Like, uh, show and Shredder get on the screen, and I'm just like, huh? And I'm like, let's do this. I'm like, yeah, let's, let's, let's see this. They're fucking awesome. They beat the shit out of each other, which makes me really, really happy. And uh, I hope there's a match between those two gentlemen soon. I've, I've been... You know what? We've been up and down on these shows lately, but what I have liked is in these multi-person tag matches, they've been giving Shredder really good sequences to have with other junior wrestlers, like we've yeah. seen it with Wato recently, and uh, we, we saw it in this match as well with... Uh, show. With uh, Show, yeah. So there's a bloody cross on show, which, uh, sorry, show, and uh, the uh, Bullet Club guys win. Ishimori, straight away, Ishimori and, and uh, ELP are just being, uh, are just like, huh, huh, we just been the junior tag, tag champs. That belt's ours. So they're all up in that shit straight away. And then uh, three other members of Bullet Club are just like, oh, hey. You three have that uh, those uh, six-man golds. Yeah, we want them. And uh, that is the hot team of Chase Owens, Yujiro, and Evil. It's, now, it's not, though. It's, I mentioned... It's Dick Togo. It's not? It's Dick Togo oh, instead of Chase, yeah. All right. So I like that team a little bit. No offense to Chase. But uh, I, I think Dick Togo deserves to be in a friggin' match yeah, at some man. point. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, right? I really like him. So... I don't like you, Jiro, and this is an attempt to beat these chaos boys, and I would be heartbroken, Mr. Andy, if chaos loses these tag titles only to have Yujiro hold one of them. That would hurt my soul big time. I don't mind if Evil has that title or uh, Dick Togo because I think those two together as, as champs would be fucking hilarious and, uh, and fun. But, yeah, you know you know how I feel about Yujiro. So, yeah, there, there, this is what I was alluding to earlier. Like, you could have had Chaos versus LIJ. Chaos wins. We're the record-breaking champs. Then, bam, bam, bam. You know, Bullet Club hits. It's Togo, Evil, and Yujiro. They beat them up, and they're like, oh, record-breaking champs. I will see your asses at Dominion. Instead, they did it this way, I guess, to set up the feud for Kazuna Road. And that's fine. You've got to have feuds for the future, I guess. Uh, <laughs> it just meant one less title match on, on Dominion, I guess. So, yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, the Ishimori show, you know, shenanigans that renews their rivalry, obviously. Um, we got mm-hmm. the coast-to-coast back rake like you talked about. Um, and this match is a big problem. And that is it's got two guys in it that suck. And they are most the time in the ring it's yujiro and yoshihashi fighting each other most of the time in this match and it's just like oh my god somebody kill me i repress those memories yes i mean you were smart um and you know like you said evil holds up the six-man titles now um we've seen evil do some bad things i mean he he killed yoshihashi he uh he turned on uh on naito and you know and and uh and then took the titles from him um you know he throws wrestlers into the announcer table and knocks the, the the timekeeper down. But this is the most heel thing 
he's ever done. And that was, I don't want those six-man titles. They're fucking, what do I want those for? I think his words for were, and now he wants them just to take them away from us. <laughs> he wants Yeah. <laughs> what a douchebag. And so, technically, he never lost them either. Right, yeah. So, so that's he, a loose end that uh, they can tie up. Yeah, he relinquished the titles a year ago and decided that he didn't want them for whatever reason. So, therefore, screwing over his, uh, you know, uh, former LIJ brethren. Oh. And here we are now. He holds one up triumphantly like, yeah, I, w- I want these. <laughs> that makes me laugh so hard. I, I cracked up when I saw that. He's the kind of person to be like, I want what you got. And then he gets it. And he's like, yeah, I don't want Yes. Yeah, you're. I don't remember what movie it was. There. Oh, no, it's that. There's a. There's this HBO series called Bored as Bored as Hell. I think is what it's called. And it's like Bored a, to Death. Bored to Death. That one. And, and um, what's his name? Um, who's the guy that the, the he's Becker and he's like been in a million things. He, Ted he, Danson. Ted Danson. He's so fucking funny on that show. He always wants what everyone else has. That's what he. And so like he's sitting there. There's many scenes where he's just having lunch with somebody. And he's like. What'd you get? And they're like, oh, I got the pancakes. He's like, oh, man, I got the French toast. I really want the pancakes. And he makes them, like, switch with him just because he's that selfish of a dude. <laughs> <It's really laughs> so that's evil. He's like that, yeah. Yeah. All right, so next we have Bushi, Sonata, and Naito versus the Dangerous Takers and Doki. And I found it interesting, Mr. Andy, that the trio that lost to the champs are on Dominion after the champs. So that made me chuckle. Uh, <laughs> and, all right. And uh, I, I totally saw your thunder and tweeted about it, but you mentioned this to me, and it's, yeah, I saw it, and I was like, okay. But, uh, yeah, this is Dominion, right? Yeah. So, uh, does Naito come down in, like, a suit, or... Uh, or something like what does he do like uh, i think he leaves his t-shirt on the entire match <laughs> see this is dominion but for naito this is a house show brother <laughs> so uh yeah like this match isn't really much of anything really and naito doesn't even remove his shirt it ends in horror horror movie style fashion for me when i see the o'connor bridge on zack saber jr because uh, Sonata gets the pin there, which will set up uh, a tag title feud. Look, I'm, I'm all right for the, the tag title feud of uh, Naito and Sonata versus ZSJ and Taichi. That's going to be awesome. ZSJ and Sonata, awesome. Taichi and, and uh, Naito, always awesome. Uh, you know, I, I just get a bit weird when Sonata wins. But yeah, uh, I guess we can see what Naito's doing for the foreseeable future, uh, and yeah, because uh, things are a bit shaken up in the uh, LIJ camp by the end of the night. This match sucks. It's not good. Um, it's a jokey, <laughs> jokey, jokey house show match. Um, the best parts are Sonata versus At Dominion. Yeah, on Dominion, uh, Sonata versus uh, Zack Saber Jr. Are the best parts, and you know mm-hmm. Sonata does that really cool pin at the end. He he blocks. Um, like Zack Sabre Jr. is doing his own like cool like you know pinning combination and um and Sonata blocks it in a really creative way. The finish is awesome. Um, 
And then after the match, we get these shenanigans, right? Where, like, um, you know, we find out that Naito and Sonata are going to be the next title challengers for the heavyweight championship, uh, heavyweight tag champs. And uh, Zack Sabre Jr., you know, remembers when um, a couple days ago or last week or whatever where Naito was shooting on the ref. So Zack Sabre Jr. starts shooting on the ref, and he starts pinning the ref and um, over and over again. So no one's there to raise LIJ's arms. So Hiromu takes that upon himself and runs in the ring and plays ref since the ref is getting pinned by Zack Sabre Jr. on the outside. (laughs) (laughs) Very strange. Yeah. I like that there. Look, I like that there is a feud between these four men. Yes, please. Uh, it just maybe could have been done a little bit more badass because this is fucking Dominion. <coughs> yeah, and I mean, at this point in the evening, or well, for me it was the morning. I'm, I'm like, okay, well, this has been pretty rough so far. I'm not real happy, and I'm like, okay, well, now these these singles matches are gonna save the night. I mean, like. You know, Desperado, we're going to get to see how good is he. Can he bring Yo up to his level? I mean, can he do it? Is it, you know, is it that Desperado's not that great? Is it that when we've seen him have these amazing matches, it's been the other wrestler bringing him up to his level? We don't know, but we're about to find out. Yeah, we are. We've got Yo versus El Desperado for the junior titles. And I guess we see full well why uh, shows the HBK of them. Uh, uh, because I thought this match was just okay. I don't think it's terrible, but uh, it never got awesome for me. I'm going to cough, excuse me. <coughs> Sorry about that. That's it. Usually I'll, uh, I'll wait for you to talk, but yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, I never felt they got into gear, but when you're talking about the top gear and stuff like that for big matches and things i don't i never felt like they got into it now there's lots of really good then the the way they're trying to spin it is both of them are hurt for some reason and they go for a lot of leg attacks and submissions but then uh pinche loco and el desperado retains so uh i'm happy about that especially because i was not a fan of their their last two preview meetings they've been great on previews before maybe it was just like coming back after a bit of time off or something they were just a bit like they lost the kind of mojo they had together but smash didn't really work for me uh so i'm doubly glad that uh, el desperado won in that case i thought yeah yeah it was fine and then after the match see that i'm already on after the match like that's how much it impressed me i already want to talk about what happened afterwards so uh should I do that now, or what, what do you think of this match, Mr. Andy? Um, you know, it it's underwhelming. You know, it's not it's not bad. It's just like, it's kind of like, oh, this was just there. And, and I'm going to recommend a match later uh, involving a wrestler that can do the style they were trying to do. You know, and, and I know Desperado can do this style, but I don't know that Yo can, and that is the submission junior heavyweight style. And um, I mm. don't know that that's suited for Yo, and that's what he's trying to do here. And it just doesn't, it just doesn't, it doesn't look like, you know, the stuff that he does. He never sells with his face. You know, Yo is just not selling. 
You know, and, and that's a big problem because Desperado's selling huge for him because a big chunk of this match is Desperado working Yo's leg over and then the big, you know, the kind of turning point where it starts to go back and forth comes when Yo is like, fuck my leg, no, fuck your leg, which is what I always tweet whenever you have this kind of storyline. And they just aren't gelling. Uh, the false finishes at the <coughs> end are, are very good. That was one great part about the match is the false finishes were yeah. very good. Um, but it was just overwhelming or underwhelming, and I'm glad Desperado won. But I also don't think that makes any sense because now, you know, you've repackaged Joe, which gave him this kind of new sheen that we have given him another chance as singles run, and he fails. Um, in my opinion, he's failed here, and uh, and then he loses. So like he's junk now, you know what I mean? And I, I know he won't be because the you know the tag titles or whatever. But I just. I don't know. I, I don't have much faith in Yo as anything, but a very, very good tag, uh, junior tag uh, guy. And that's what I think he should stay as. Look, uh, I think what I would have liked in this match better would have been Yo trying to do his more high-flying kick-based of offense. Yes. And being shut down constantly by Al Arsenal. Now, that kind of back and forth, I think, would have been a much better mesh and uh thing for this match yeah uh in fact that's kind of what i expected to the match to be a bit more like uh yo being a bit more uh flippy dippy and el desperado just just shut his ass down but uh instead we got this kind of mutual submission kind of match uh you know it would be like jeff cobb versus suzuki and jeff cobb just does mat based submission moves along with suzuki like they trade like you don't want to see that like yeah, i you, mean you want to see yeah Cobb beat suzuki up we want to see suzuki Cobb... shut him with a headlock or a leg lock or something right well you want to see Cobb throw dudes around that's what you want to see so like if he's just doing submissions the whole match it's like <laughs> what the fuck is this so yeah i just yeah. i just don't think yo has found himself as a singles wrestler and i don't know that's that's going to happen anytime soon um i just I don't know, man. I don't. I don't see it, and I'm sorry to say that. But I mean, if you remember, before he went out on his uh, on his injury, we shit on him hard because he sucked. Yeah. Like his his run there, like where, where you know in the New Japan Cup and stuff. Oh my god, that was not good. And so, um, you know, I just I don't know, man. I don't know what to do with this guy. He, he is he's a tag guy, and that's what he needs to stay as. Um, I know, and I. I don't think either of us want to shield him too. Both of us want to see him do well and Absolutely. wrestle his strengths and wrestle to his strengths and like kind of focus on that. I agree with you. He he could be that kind of junior wrestler where ten year, ten years down the line he's had you know twelve reigns as IWGP Junior Tag Champ with like five different partners or something. I mean. And, He's he's, Tonga, I mean, I, he's he's like Junior Tongaloa right now is what he is, and that's yeah. not good, man. Oh, but uh, yeah. So I had high hopes for this match, but my most because like even though their previews kind of sucked, I was like, all right, they'll fix it for Dominion. But uh, yeah, look, it not everything's gonna work for for me and for you either. So, so even so though happened, we want it to, what happened after? All right. So after the match, Bullet Club's cutest tag team comes out. Uh, <laughs> one, either time, Tweedy said it was Bullet Club's cutest tag team, or on the commentary, I can't remember who said it, 
But ELP and Taiji Ishimori come out, <coughs> excuse me, and they straight away challenge Sho and Yo for the junior tag titles. So they waited to kind of make that official because the Earlier in the night, it was more about setting up that six-man title match. So, yep, we've got our new... There's only three junior tag teams, so it's not that much of a surprise. <laughs> but not only do we get that... Uh, mind you, put Wato and Taguchi together. Like, I'm yeah. sure they could form a, a fourth tag team. Why not? Uh, but what you know, So they come out and challenge Sho and Yo, and then... Uh, ELP wants to start saying a bit more shit, but Ishimori takes the mic off him and he gets up in El Desperado's face and he's like, yeah, yeah, after we, we win those junior titles, I'm taking your heavy, I'm taking your junior heavyweight title. Now, I'm all for Shredder versus El Desperado. I think that's going to be awesome and I'm all for uh, the, the um, Beavis and Butthead to wrestle Show and Yo for the junior tag titles. The only annoying thing for me is this intertwines the junior and tag type titles together again. Because if Shredder wins them both, then you're going to have to have feuds where someone on the other side's going for both belts or something. I'd need to see a separation, complete separation of junior and tag titles. I, I, I need them to be seen as separate. And they're, they're a little bit too close together for my liking at the moment. I don't mind double champs and all that kind of stuff, but we've done that for a while. Let's move away from it and uh, keep the divisions a little separate. But it's really hard when, you're got, when you've got so few juniors. This is, why, this is why I was surprised that Yo lost, <coughs> because I thought he was going to win, and then that would kind of tidy that up a little bit. But that's not, you know, I mean, that's not what happens. So, you know, who knows? what's going on backstage and why they're doing what they're doing. I mean, I, we trust that it'll be all right, but I mean, it's kind of interesting. Yep. Uh, we've got a, so we've got our next six man never feud and we've got our next, excuse me, tag team feud. We've got our next junior tag feud. We've got our next junior heavyweight feud. We've got our next never open. No, we don't. Well, we, we do. I, want, I know it's supposed to, it's supposed to be Jay White versus David Finley. When? When? I want that now. All right. Well, let's talk that, about uh, some good matches. We got some good matches to talk about, <coughs> right? Dude. <laughs> Dude. I'm just going to say it straight off the bat. Like, this this next match we're about to talk about, never as fucked. Let's see. I got it right here. Never as fucked. <laughs> yeah, I wanted it to be, and everything they built towards it being this was fucking awesome. And it's it like just the start, man, with Cobb going straight full on beast mode, ground and pound on him. Like Cobb will like kind of like toss him to the mat, and then kind of get on top of him and start just beating the shit out of him. I'm like, whoa. Dude, this match is just insane. Cobb wails on Ibushi for ages. This is like one of those matches where the guy who wins, you feel like that the guy who wins didn't win the match. They kind of survived the match. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Cobb just wails on Ibushi for 
ages, like just beating him up, throwing him around. Abushi will fight back, just like only to get smashed again. Abushi will end up getting more offense in, but you know, there's a Kamagoye, but kicks out. There's a Kobagoye. And then, like, the story of this match is Cobb just wants to throw Abushi around like a rag doll, like he ain't shit, right? But you got a guy who isn't doing suplexes and kick moves and shit like that. Abushi's the full package. He can do high fly kind of shit, too. So he tries one too many lifts, Mr. Cobb, on Kota Abushi. And there's a, a kind of a knee to the chest right near the end on Cobb. Cobb lands on the mat. And then Abushi lands on top of him, grabs his wrist, second Kamagoye, one, two, three. This match was fucking bad ass. The uh the camera work and, on Yeah. And sorry, and how good, even in a loss, how good does this make Jeff Cobb look, dude? Oh, like Yeah, he's he's fucking oh. a legit guy in, in New Japan. Um so the camera work was excellent on this match, except for the the finish. The finish was weird looking to me because of the angle on the camera. <laughs> but uh, but for the most part, I'm like for 99% every other part of this, this was like the perfect gel of amazing wrestlers doing amazing shit with amazing presentation and good commentary. It was like perfect wrestling, and and how this match starts is Ibushi is like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick you and I'm gonna do MMA shit. And he gets in his like, you know, his fighter stance and everything, like he's gonna do, you know, some martial arts. And Jeff Cobb just fucking shoots in and does amateur wrestling shit on him and fucks him up. <laughs> and it was great yeah. because Abushi was thinking, oh, we'll have a little MMA fight. And Cobb's like, well, I'm an awesome amateur wrestler. You're going down, and he fucking single leg shoots on him and just takes him down. It's amazing. Um, you know, takes Cobb- him down and just like hits him repeatedly oh, yeah. in the yeah. ribs and, and you're and just like damn punches and you know forearms and all that stuff um Cobb's working abushi's back a lot abushi's selling his ass off of course a uh, big spot in the match they fought their way up to the top rope and uh there's this just ridiculous like springboard uh hurricane rana counter from uh, from abushi that's just is like how do you not die doing that it's amazing then they try to suplex each other out of the ring and I thought for a second, you know, they got me. I was like, oh, I think I think Ibushi wants to die tonight. So he wants to get suplex out of the ring. But, you know, that kind of leads to some other fun stuff. Um, the, you know, like you said, the finish, it just kind of looked weird. The knee to the chest looked like just a botched move um, because of the camera angle. But, man, this match is, like, really good, man. It's really good. And it's something different. It's a little different. It's definitely never as fuck, but in a way that we don't usually see things, you know? And uh, mm-hmm. I really dug this, and I thought it was something different. It reminded me quite a bit, even though it's a totally different thing, just the feeling it gave me of Taichi versus Ibushi. Just that kind of, just a different side of that wrestler that we haven't yeah. seen that much, you know? It was really neat. Is that These guys are great opponents, and this match is going to happen again in the future, for sure. Sorry. Because these two have wrestled before. They think they wrestled in the G1 last year, and it was fine. Uh, but what they've done since that G1 and now is they've established Jeff Cobb as this fucking bruiser, yes. this killer, this this amazing character. His run right now is fucking phenomenal. You could strap any title on him, and you will believe it. Any title. So, uh, yeah. Like, even in a loss, I still feel like 
he could wrestle Shingo, a rematch from Wrestle Kingdom, and uh, maybe, you know, he's a believable pop guy. Like, yeah. I can believe it. Well, yeah, and, so and he's only it's... losing the top guys. He's not losing to <clears throat> fucking, you know, Tonga Loa or somebody. So, you know, I mean, it's oh, just, yeah. he's, he's only losing the top guys. You know, and, and this seems to be the M.O. of the Empire, is that they, they lose the big matches, and so that makes them angry. Um, but uh, yep. it's good shit, anyway. They keep, they're keeping the Empire hungry, which is uh, kind of cool. I, I'm, I'm, I, I really like how they've been slowly establishing Jeff Cobb, and uh, to a different extent, like, uh, I really like how they're slowly establishing, uh, Great Khan as well, so, hey, listen, I really love those two, I wish Hanare was around, like, I understand yeah. you can't have all your wrestlers around, you've got to limit it, because of COVID, and all that kind of stuff, but I'm missing that big lug, this is his big moment, I, I want to see more Hanare on the TV, but, Every, uh, you know, everybody's heard, you know, everybody's heard that term before in wrestling, that the money's in the chase, well, it, that doesn't mean that has to be a baby face, by the way. So, like, a, a heel can chase too, and sometimes that's some of the best stories. So, just saying. Yeah. So that match was a banger. Abushi, Je, uh, Jeff Cobb and Kota Abushi uh, turned up for Dominion, mm-hmm. and they had a Dominion match. Yeah, f- fancy that. In fact, uh, I would go as far as to say the uh, the next two gentlemen do the same thing, though. So, I do have some comments, at least maybe for the first half of the half half of the match. Uh, but uh, here we go. This is the crown, our third IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, uh, because uh, well, Abushi lost the belt, and uh, that guy got injured. So uh, I don't like people getting injured, even people I don't like, uh, but. Uh, it's a bit of a blessing for me because this is what we get from it. Uh, I'll just, yeah. You Maybe know, he'll never come even back. If I don't like, <laughs> even if I don't like you, uh, don't get uh, It's pretty much my thing. So. But yeah, fuck that guy because we get this match. Uh, Kazuchika Okada versus Takagi Shingo. It's a 36-minute match. It's mostly awesome. Uh, in fact, this is my favorite match between the three uh, between the three men between the two men. Uh, I know a lot of people loved their the G1, G1 match. Yeah, that uh, was for my me for sure. For me, I was just like, "This is money clipped fucking city," and I couldn't get into Carter in that G1. They had another match which I think I liked a little better. I did like it a lot better. It was uh, the New Japan Cup. Yeah, with, that was uh, good too. With... Yep. So. Part of me was excited for this match, but also it had been, it was like, all right, I was resigned. I was like, all right, they're going to go the safe route. They're going to, they, they really need to get some focus here on New Japan back and build some steam. So they're probably going to put this belt back on, on, on Okada. And I say back, even though he's never held this belt. But, you know, that's kind of where my thinking was. I said that a lot last episode, all that kind of stuff. So, it made me kind of just relax and just the match happened because I kept expecting any moment, you know, that uh, Carter was going to pick this up. Now, the first half of this match, uh, it's, it's fine. Uh, I see one guy just going, charging in, building up steam, getting a crowd behind him, doing exciting shit. And then the other guy's a Carter kind of dragging yep. things down a bit. Yep. 
And, uh, you know, I'd, but I'd be a liar if I said it was like that for the whole match. I really would because the second half of this match kicks picks up and uh, maybe a Carter always just needs that warm-up period. Maybe he's just one of those guys who needs a bit of a warm-up or likes to take things a bit slow. Maybe it's just his style. That's fine. But the first half, eh, second half of the match, though, much better paced, much more action-packed. There's so much fucking cool shit. You, everyone's got this kind of... Everyone has their own theory as to how fucked up Okada is or isn't. But uh, he can't be that badly messed up because this top guy not taking that move. But uh, not only did he take and made it... Luke, say that again. Sorry? I didn't hear what you said. All right, so Okada... Whether people think he's injured or not, like a Carter could be, it could very easily be that guy who's like, yeah, I'm not taking that bump. Well, he takes that bump, and the bat bump I mean is he takes a major jump to the floor, and that looks fucking sick. Now there are portions in the second half of the match that do annoy me, and they're money clips. Everyone, I know that it's probably going to be a tool in his arsenal for the foreseeable future for Mr. Okada, but I fucking hate them. However, this story was, in this match, it, it was Okada doing all of his shtick, and then Shingo going, nah, I've got the answer for that, bitch. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, money clip? Nah, no problem. Tombstone? No problem. Rainmakers? <laughs> it is a fucking drought tonight, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> he had an umbrella, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right. Shingo brought an umbrella. Uh, the, the second half of this match is incredible. I'm still holding myself back because like, I'm expecting Okada to win. I'm expecting myself to be disappointed and upset. But then it happens, man. Last of the dragon. I'm like, all right, he'll kick out and there'll be another finishing sequence. One, two, three. And I scream loud like off like to the point where like i need a glass of water after i'm like oh my yeah i might do it here but i just fucking screamed at the top of my lungs i thought they were doing one thing and they did the other thing shingo dakagi becomes the third iwgp world heavyweight champion and i i japan doesn't do this clap but this might be one of the few times i'd be like do the clap the you deserve it clap because Jingo since he kind of started he's been a workhorse remember that one year he did best of super juniors yeah. oh yeah then he did the G1 you know and he's a guy that doesn't seem to take relaxed nights off when he's in for his portions of a tag match he's going to smash you uh, Shingo Takagi is always on he's He's never, you know, taken it easy or anything like that. Like, this guy works hard, wrestles hard, crowd loves him, we love him. Like, he's probably my favorite wrestler after Jay White. So, he's. I get upset when Jay White loses, and I'm the same way with Shingo Takagi. Like, that's. That kind of thing. And I also thought Shingo was losing because I'm like, Naito's the head of LIJ and no one else in LIJ has become the champion. I know Evil has, but he had to defect to become the champion, right? So 
I didn't I didn't think it man. I'm so happy both my boys have belts. Yeah, Nido may not want that stank belt, as you would say, you know. So uh Yeah, that's true. I mean, this is the top championship now in New Japan. I've accepted that. Shingo having it is you know, that's awesome. That's you know, okay, and, and just yeah. just to talk about the psychology of this decision a little bit, that also leaves that that door open, you know, and I don't want to see this happen, but you know, if Dickhead comes back from his injury, he always has yep. that that claim that hey, you never beat me, and he can always, you know, have a rematch with Shingo. But even if this is just a transitional championship, because um, you know we'll talk about have it be transitional now. It's all champion. You can't. He's got to have that belt for for a short while at least. Eh, okay. Well, um, you know, even it, even if you know, uh, we'll talk about who challenges for it here in a second. Even if this is the way to get it right back on that person. I don't care because from now on Shingo is in that conversation of top guys in New Japan. From now on, you know, just yeah. like just like guys like Kojima, you know, you can heat him up and he can have a title match absolutely for any title. Same thing with uh, yep. Shingo and 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 now there's that that thing in the back of your mind that he can win the big one. Um so as far as the match itself, um this was this match had a kind of meta-textual thing going on with it that I don't think was intentional, but for me it was, and that was what you kind of talked about, where we have Shingo, who is the highly entertaining, um, just fucking, you know, guy that goes as hard as he can. He's, he's Charlie Hustle, and then you have uh, slow-plotting Okada, who, in my mind, is doing everything he can in this match to make it boring. And Shingo is fighting against that. And everything he's doing is to make it, you know, make it entertaining. And so mm. that moment when he drags Okada out to the floor, hits him with the Made in Japan on the floor, um, that, or the, you know, whatever it is, last drag, whatever it is, um, that is a big moment in the match, obviously, because the crowd is like, oh, fuck, you know, because as you said, we don't know how fucked up Okada was. And this was a very pro Okada crowd. So they were doing the, you know, which, you know, they weren't doing the Shingo clap. They were doing the Okada clap most of the time during this match. And uh, as you heard at the top of the show, when he hits that uh, that final Last of the Dragon or Made in Japan, whatever it is, and uh, the crowd is like, <gasps> they lose their mind because they know what's about to happen. And then it's silence because they can't believe it. And then the crowd swells as everybody realizes that Shingo has won. We know this is New Japan, so there isn't going to be some kind of dusty finish bullshit. He's won the title. It's his. And Okada has to just walk off, you know, and give uh, give him the ring. I was really bummed we didn't get a full-on LIJ celebration. However, I get it. That would kind of steal the thunder a little bit if Naito's out there. So this is Shingo's moment. It's a big deal. Um, you know, we're not, as fans, we're not supposed to tell people they deserve or don't deserve something. But obviously, you're right. Shingo's been a, you know, middle, top of the card type guy for New Japan ever since he started. And he's just yep. as good as it gets. And uh, I'm so happy that they pulled the trigger on him. Uh, so who, you know, you did kind of say a bunch of the stuff that I would have going to say too, as far as, you know, you know, Shingo having the answer for all of Okada's things, but overall the feeling that gives you during the match 
is that if you didn't know Shingo was going to win, yeah, you got that wondering thing going on. But if you knew he was going to win and you go back and watch this again, you'll see that he handled Okada definitively. This was a, a you know, there is no question who the better wrestler was in this match. And it was, it was absolutely Shingo. So Okada put him over. You know, I don't know if he went 100%. I, I guarantee he didn't. But man, you know, he did his job. Shingo wins. Who's the next challenger, Luke? Before I get into that, man, there's there's a few things that made me think they would never give Shingo the top belt. Uh, he's not the top guy in his faction. That's Naito. So usually they they the the, the top guy in your faction is your uh, guy that chases the heavyweight title. So there's that. Uh, usually, if it's someone like who isn't usually like that in that position, like a Sonata or something like that, you think, all right, the champion's definitely going to win here. Another reason. Is he's not a New Japan guy. Right, yeah. He was never a young lion, and you know. He was never a young lion. He came from another company and stuff. But I think what this man is in his run in New Japan, that he's all in everything. Like, yeah. yep, he kills it every time. And there'll be guys where I'm like, where's this guy tonight? Where's this guy tonight? Where's this guy tonight? I haven't said that about Shingo ever because he's always fucking there. Yeah, you're Mind not... you, that's an LIJ thing, but yeah. Well, and you're also not going to have that, that conversation like we talked about Desperado earlier where he was not able to get that like amazing match out of Yo. Um, Shingo's going to get that out of everybody. Doesn't matter who it is, you know? Yep. So I'm super fucking happy, and Shingo has a history of being a champion in New Japan and being like, well, just go, hey, Jiro, want a title shot and just take an easy win or something like that? Nah, he's a champion that likes to test himself, you know? That's the reason why he challenged Tanahashi for the never-open title, because he wanted to beat him, and he didn't. But... He's a champion. That's kind of his thing. Like he wants to test himself, so he's just become the champion. And there's a big roster there of guys. I know they're depleted because of COVID, but all right, I want you. Now this man wants to test himself as the fucking champ. He wants to go. He wants to beat other people as definitively as he just beat Kazuchika Okada. So he calls out Kota fucking Ibushi, and I'm like, oh my god, yes, please. Charity's in the room with me, and she looks back at me, and she's like, yes, please. And I'm like, yes, yes. This match, yes, absolutely. Because, uh, yeah, it's a it's different circumstance. Since Ibushi's lost that title and that whole personality thing of combining the belts, now that he's kind of away from that, I'll go back to loving his shit again. <laughs> Yeah, I you know so, I I don't I don't want to piss in your cereal, but I will not be surprised if Ibushi takes the title off of uh, off of um, you know uh, uh, Shingo. No, be- I mean, it, it's just you know that's where I see this going. Um, it's just a way to get the title back onto him. But either way, this is a great consolation prize for Shingo for all the work he's done, and it means mm-hmm. that it means that more that he's going to do more, no matter what it is, whether it's losing the title and then going yeah. after another title or it's keeping this for a while. He's you know, he's in that top slot, and that's awesome. Isn't that a thing in uh, New Japan, though? Like, people's first reign as champion, it doesn't typically end up being a, a long first reign. Uh, I don't know if that's always the case, but, um, you know, uh, I just, I don't know. That's just where I see it going, because, it, it you know, 
when when your your heel champion gets injured out, I mean, you put the you put the title back on the baby face that he won it off of, right? Then you know, then that guy has a gripe, and I mean, who knows? Now now that guy has a gripe with two guys, and you know, I mean, who knows what they're gonna do? I I hope Shingo keeps it for a long time. I don't see that happening, but we'll see. We'll see. I I'm definitely been wrong. I thought Yo was gonna win, so I was wrong about that. You know? Yeah, but we definitely need some stability. There's an airplane going by, so, but we definitely need some stability with that title. Definitely, uh, yeah, I and I think a guy like Shingo could uh, provide some of that, as well as providing really kick-ass main event fucking matches. So, oh, I'm very excited. Did you notice? For, uh, sh- did you notice that at the beginning when they played the uh, the World Heavyweight Champion theme song that they showed the lineage of both of the titles? That that they yes, can yes. fuck off New they Japan. They didn't. They didn't. Yeah, they didn't do that last time. No, no. They For, want uh, they want their cake and to eat it too. I guess you know. <laughs> yeah, on. and I think people know that we've been shitting on this whole combined belts thing, but uh, I guess having one of my favorite wrestlers hold that belt might go a long way to me going. All right, fine. It's one belt now. Kill out. I'm not just, not as stanky when Shingo holds it, you know. No, no, it isn't. <laughs> Man, I'm so, um, but yeah. So that was that was our three shows. Mixed bag, but there were some definite moments over the course of the three shows that uh, delivered uh, for, for both of us. I mean, sometimes more for one of us than the other, but uh, yeah. Uh, and it, it's also been bad, but also nice that we've got like a couple of shows a week. Because you and I have had uh, have been a, a little busy recently, so it was kind of nice to be like, "Oh man, I need a day." Yeah, then yeah, that's cool. Yeah, because there's no other shows for the week, so yeah, it's been well, so much fucking easy. Next week it's back to three shows in three days, you know. So I thought I looked at the schedule uh, on New Japan 1972 like an idiot, and I was like, "Oh my god, there's a show every day," but those you know they're not all televised. Thank goodness. So. <laughs> No, we got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday uh, next week. So, yeah. And then Tuesday, Wednesday the following week. All right. So, cool. All right. So, those are... Oh, shit. Did I write notes for those? Yes, I did. All right, cool. Also, I just want to mention one thing about Dynamite that I didn't mention before, Miss Dan. Yeah. Uh, there is a move that I see Yoshi Hashi all the time, and he never does. It's that karma kind of move. You know how he puts them in that position and kind of folds them up in a pump handle and tries to do that karma. It looks almost looks uh, a little made in Japanish, but you know he's always trying to hit that move, never gets it on. Yeah. Well, I saw Penta get it on in like five seconds. Problem, boom, and I'm like, holy shit, that's a move Yoshihashi's been trying to hit for years. <laughs> Which made me laugh. I don't think Yoshihashi's allowed to do that move anymore because it's Shingo's move. You know. Um, yeah. Because that, that uh, you know, Shingo is kind of the originator of that move from what I understand. We have a local wrestler here named Pompano Joe. He's like a vet that's been around forever. Excellent wrestler. Nice guy. And uh, he does the homie driver. And it's that, you know. And I remember um, I had when Shingo first showed up at New Japan, I, t- I was telling him, hey, man, what the fuck? Shingo's doing the homie driver. He goes, well, he did it before me, meaning that he got it from Shingo. And uh, Pentagon, that's been one of his finishers for a long time. He, the package yeah. pile driver and then the, the, I call it the homie driver. But, yeah, he's been hitting that for a long time. 
it's a you know it's a pump handle Michinoku driver is what it is, and it's fucking sweet. This local guy, Pompano Joe, dude, he has mastered that move to the point where he can hit it kind of out of kind of like the the diamond cutter. He hits it out of different ways, and man. I mean, he's done some really cool shit, you know, seeing him live where you're like, wow, the guy's on, like, in the electric chair position. He flips him over, tucks her head under, flips him over, bam, hits it like that. You know, he's done, <laughs> like, he's really good at that shit, and it's fun to see. It's a great move. I love it. Nice. It's also scary. So, yeah, I, I, I should have mentioned that during our AEW talk, but I did make note of it because when I saw it, I was like, fucking hell. Yeah, so <laughs> there is that. But... Wow, that was a lot of wrestling we've talked about today, but there's still at least two more matches that we have to cover. Uh, they're both bangers, in my opinion. So uh, which one you want to hit first? We can do mine if you want. Um, so my <laughs> match recommendation from last week was uh, from August 1st, 2012, the G1 Climax 22. It's Marafuji versus Satoshi Kojima, Mr. Bread. And... Um, I found this match just looking for um, Marafuji matches, you know, because I really like him a lot. I think he's he's one of the best guys. And he just won the GHC Heavyweight Championship off of Muda. So that uh, that nightmare is over in Noah, and maybe they're going to claw their way out of the, the dumb booking that they've been doing for quite some time. And uh, we'll get some fun uh, championship matches, because I would like to see him versus all the young guys that Muda faced, of course. Um, but... Uh, Murafuji is a young guy in this match. He's he's uh, you know going up against an established vet, and this match is a big fucking deal. You can tell for him. Um, and Ko and Kojima rises the occasion. He knows it's a big deal. So you get you know Mr. Bread is fucking super over in this match. Um, Ref Chumpy, of course, is in the house, you know, and we get the underdog story for Murafuji. You know his comebacks are so good. Um, Kojima cut like cutting him off during the comebacks are so creative and brutal. Um, my favorite part is um, Marafuji standing on the apron and he's kind of like going for kicks against uh, uh, Lair, uh, um, excuse me, uh, Satoshi Kojima who's on the floor and Kojima just fucking cuts him off by lariatoing Marafuji on the legs while he's standing on the apron, which sends him like flying to the floor, which is fucking amazing. Um, also, another thing that happens in this match is the first pin attempt doesn't happen until like ten minutes into the match. I like that. I like that when it happens. Ends, yeah. There's a there's a really good NXT uh, NXT match that no one ever talks about. It was Ember Moon versus Oscar, and and there's two pin attempts I think in the entire match. It's like a twenty minute match, you know. And there's two pin attempts, and they're right at the end. It's such a cool thing that you don't even notice, and then you go back and watch it, and you think it's amazing. Um, okay. So, um, we had, uh, the, yeah, the first pin attempt doesn't happen until, like, two-thirds of the match is over. Uh, Kojima prevents a, uh, let's see here. I don't know what that means. It says contour. That's not what, I don't know what that is. Because he, he can't win like that. Um, I'm not sure what that note means, but um, I watched this two weeks ago. But uh, Marafuji's kicks are so <laughs> great. Um, and there's a surprise Rana pin, which, if you don't know this, the Hurricane Rana was originally a pinning move. And uh, Marafuji uses that on, on fucking uh, Mr. Bread and wins, and it's a big deal. Pretty cool stuff. What would you think of this, Luke? I loved it. Uh, this is 
a, a short G1 match, so I immediately expected it to be uh, get your shit in, everything but the kitchen sink kind of match. And it was in all the best ways. I really like Mr. Bread's use of the lariat in this match. He doesn't just use it to take your head off. He uses his arm as a weapon for the whole match. Oh, I'm lariat your legs. I'm going to lariat your arms. <laughs> Things like that, just to kind of get out of the moves. This is really, it even starts off hot. You know, when you've got that, I, I, I love it every time. Is it when a wrestling match starts and you've got two guys trying to do moves on each other, but block, counter, block, counter, and then they both do the and everyone claps because they're like, oh, they're evenly matched. This is cool. <laughs> I, really, I really love that. There's that. There's an awesome kick. Like, uh, one of my favorite spots is when Kojima's just getting back into the ring and Marafuji just just uh, run head, like, as he's kind of... He hasn't, Kojima hasn't even gotten up from rolling into the ring yet and Marafuji's already launched himself in the air. Boom. That was freaking awesome. Kojima dominates a lot of this match because he's he's the bigger guy versus the uh, the, the well, he's he, he's still heavy but he's Marafuji still a small guy so that makes sense. Kojima looks tough as nails like and very badassy here. There's a great final exchange but yeah, uh, Marafuji pins Kojima and this was a really cool short match but yeah they did make it feel like such a really big deal too. I really liked it. It was good stuff. It's like a, it's like a, you know, just a match you can go in and watch. You don't need to know shit about it. You can just go and watch it and be like, ah, oh, it was pretty good and move on. You know what I mean? It's nothing earth shattering, but yep. it's just a great match, you know? So what was your uh, recommend? Yeah. So we're continuing the fifth uh, reign or the, the fifth generation of uh, never open champions. So, so far, we've had Masato Tanaka, Tetsuya Naito, Tomohiro Ishii, and <coughs> Yujiro Takahashi. But we're on our fifth generation reign here. That's uh, Ishii's second reign as the Never Open Champion. And uh, we're in the middle of that right now because this is Saturday, November 8th, 2014. This is Tomohiro Ishii versus Hiroki Goto. I'm sorry I had to make you watch an extra Goto match, man, but... We're doing the uh, open belt train. Like we're going to get to some of his reigns as champion. So just just be prepared for that, Mister Andy, down the line. I I, and I, I apologize in advance. Hell, I'm I'm going to have to skip a reign because I'm not sure if I want to recommend the um, that guy matches, even though they're really good and one of them involves almost um, murdering Kota Ibushi. So you know, whatever. And there's also big dump later on but that's further down she i thought this match was fucking awesome it's 20 minutes of these two just smashing each other which i like early on in the match ishii does the yoshi garoshi which was really fucking cool and dude there are long periods you know like there, there's sometimes be periods in these never matches where they or even any new japan match where they're just forearm strikes and it's like hey 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 well there's long periods of, ma of this match that are like that except they're bouncing off the ropes and just running into each other <laughs> instead right bounce run in hey and then then and i love that moment i love that that part in some of these never matches and ishii does them really well where they keep bouncing off and hitting each other and 
and they're looking more and more like they're going to collapse. And then there's one moment where they both hit each other and they collapse at the same time. Fuck, that was awesome. Oh, I loved it. This And this match just felt top gear and never as fuck. Like, I know Goto's in this match, and I said that, but... And they brought it There's some fucking gnarly headbutts from Ishii. I'm not sure what happens to make him bleed from the mouth, but there's lots of strikes and lariats and shit, so... And they went hard, so something like that was bound to happen. Ishii's bleeding from the friggin' mouth. Uh, fucking headbats the shit out of Buto uh, towards the end. Like, this one in the chest, like, just launches himself. It was crazy good. Uh, I know I've talked up a lot of Ishii here, but Goto's really good in this match as well. I'll give him props. Hey, this match is a banger, and it takes two people to create a banger, in my, in my opinion, most of the time. So... Yeah, I really liked it. And hey, I know you could watch this match and enjoy it and just relax because you knew Goto was losing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's that extra bit for you there. But uh, yeah, Baron Buster at the end and uh, Ishii retains. I thought it was great stuff. Yeah, this match is clearly never as fuck. I mean, Goto is a never dude. And I mean, he isn't anymore, yeah. but he used to be. And he was, you know... Um, a match that, like, if you want to see Goto, like, at his peak, you know, and, and, I mean, again, this is mostly, you know, Kenny Omega, but his matches versus Kenny Omega is, like, <coughs> top-notch shit, you know. Um, but this stuff is really good. This is as never as it gets, pretty much. The So, like, you know, you got your, like, three, four different kinds of strikes or whatever, and these guys kind of run through them each by doing them repeatedly to each other so like at first it's just forearms you know and then it's lariats you know and then it's shoulder tackles and then it's just fucking headbutts you know and it's like i mean this goes on and they kill each other so those so that that sweet double lariat double down thing you were talking about most of the time when you see that in a match both guys leave their feet and so they just kind of look like they're swinging on a swing together they're like wee, and they both take a bump in this match, they hit each other solid, and then they both stand there for a second, ah, and then they take a bump, and it's like... Um, oh, it's fucking awesome, it's yeah. Just, it's, <laughs> you get your classic Ishii sequences where he starts a fight and loses, you know, and uh, awesome mirror spots, of course. I mean, this is a straight-up Ishii match. And, um, you know, when Ishii does the Yushigiroshi on Goto, the crowd's like, <gasps> you know, they get all fucking pissed off. That made me really laugh hard. Um, and uh, it, there's this really funny part, too, where Ishii picks up uh, Goto for a powerbomb. And he kind of loses control a little bit, so he has to just, like, slam him yeah. down and gives him, like, an indie fuck you powerbomb. I was like, yeah, fuck you, Goto. Um, and then, you know, I don't know how Ishii started bleeding either. He, like, gets hit with the Yushigiroshi, and he starts bleeding, you know? Um, big Larry to exchange at the end. There's this weird, like, knee move by Goto that I've never seen him do. Um, and a huge lariat, but, but Ishii kicks out. Then that headbutt to, uh, to Goto's chest that just would cave oh my, my chest God. in. Oh, <laughs> It's amazing. Um, you know, we like gotta... imagine what um, imagine what Kofi Kingston's chest would look like if he wrestled Ishii a few times. Because <laughs> you know how like Kofi's kind of got like that chest that looks like he's been chopped a lot. Yeah, yeah. He well, I think yeah. he got separated. He like tore his pec, and that's what happened. It looks like. Ah, uh, yeah. That. So, um, but uh, yeah, this match is never as fuck. 
Um, it's awesome. Uh, let's give it the old. Never as fuck. Definitely want to check. Which is out. yeah, which is definitely a sound effect you want from uh, never open title matches as well. Obviously. Yeah. So I'll. I'll jump into my next preview you, you for or well, next preview. You may recommend for next week, Mister Andy. Yes. Uh, I'm continuing the fifth, fifth generation will be January fourth, twenty fifteen. So oh. you know where this is taking place. Uh oh. It is what? I'm just I'm just saying. Uh oh. I'm excited for what you're going to say. Oh. All right. It's the challenger, Toby Markabe. I've missed. I like, yeah, where is he? Uh, I know you shoot a movie, but how long does it take to make a movie? Get your ass back to New Japan. I, I like it, you so, big Luke, glug. Luke, remember what we talked about last week, how people that are interested in a match will be ringside? Uh, Makabe was ringside for this match, uh, so he was actually in the corner, yeah. has head there for that for that last uh, match that we talked about, the Never title. So, uh, Well, that, then that makes sense because... Uh, you know, Togi Makabe versus Tomorio Ishii. Tokyo Dome in 2015 will be the next uh, never open recommend from me. So uh, I will probably take a couple week break from the next never rain just to be like, uh, I do watch other matches on New Japan World. Here are some that uh, I just wanted to do this uh, rain before I uh, found something weird fun elsewhere what about you miss andy what's your choice so the yo versus desperado match being so underwhelming um it's not bad it's just not great um it, it really reminded me of someone that i haven't seen in a while and i wanted to find a cool kushida, kushida match uh so that we can you know refresh ourselves on how that style's actually done because that's what they were trying to do. They were trying to do like a Kushida match, and it was like it just didn't work. And um, you know, so I found a really fun one. Uh, I watched it today actually, and I really had a good time with it. And it's it's just a goofy match. I saw it back when it happened first, you know, uh, years ago. But it's from Honor Rising, um, and it's uh, it's at Kurgan Hall because every match is at Kurgan Hall. It's from uh, February nineteenth, two thousand sixteen. And it's uh, Kushida versus Frankie Kazarian. And um, oh, I love Frankie Kazarian. And he is fantastic. Me too. This match is great. They, you know, I don't want to talk too much about it. But if you, you know, when you watch this match, pay attention to the the style they're, pl you know, doing. And, and just check out Kushida's high-flying submission style. It is insane. It's so good. And no one else should try it because he's the master of it. And uh, Kazarian Dude, is a guy. Even to talk this up. I just see the match line up, and I'm like, you know, "Shut up and take my money." Yeah. <laughs> well, Kazarian can do anything too, and he's such a good yeah. wrestler that I mean, like, he goes with it and uh, you know facilitates some really cool shit. Uh, it's it's an excellent match, and you'll you have a lot a lot of fun with that one. So there are a few wrestlers about, and Frankie's one of them. Like the older he gets, the better he gets. Yeah, I mean, he was pretty good yeah. when he was young, too, though, so... Oh, but, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, he is awesome. Uh, if they ever wanted to build him up in AEW as uh, a singles guy, man, they could do it easily because he's, he, he's got the ring chops for sure. Oh, yes, I can't wait. Oh, my God. 
Oh, I didn't know Frankie Kazarian had any uh, NJPW World matches. Tons of them. He, he has more excited. Of them. Yeah, I mean, all the Ring of Honor shows he was on, you know. Oh, uh, so. yeah. Yeah. So, well, see, that's 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 kind of like my brain doesn't often, no offense, Ring of Honor, but I don't think about Ring of Honor that much. Hasn't really, it's never largely been available in Australia. And I don't know. Like the way they do their weekly show and stuff, I don't. Yeah, know. yeah I can see why people like, like it, but I don't know too much wrestling. Yeah, whatever. Used to be great. Yes, I'm, so. super, I'm super amped up. So Ishi versus Kabe at the Dome for the Never Gold should be a good time. And man, I'm super amped for uh, Kushida Frankie Kazarian. Holy shit! And dude, whoa, we have. <laughs> we, did it. we did it we have enjoyed talking to each other today <laughs> yeah, man, of course i thought i said it was gonna be long i knew it would be long you know yeah but uh is there any uh anything uh you want to mention before we uh no finish I, up i think we said oh, it all cool. man. well in switchblade and in shingo we trust long live the dragon